Today we got an LA legend in the building, one of the biggest. And if you don't know, you're about to find out, but we got my man, Sean from Stizzy. I walked into the office and I said, I want to be in the Marines. Hey, what's good, everybody? We're back, man. It's first smoke of the day, episode 81 today. It's your boy, Pack in the Build. I'm here with my co-host, Blackleaf. Big smoke. Today, we got an LA legend in the building, one of the biggest. And if you don't know, you're about to find out. But we got my man, Sean from Stizzy. How are you, brother? My brothers, I'm good. Blessed. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining having us, me. man. Thanks for making time. Of course. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. We had the pleasure to have some dinner with you last night, get to catch up, break some bread. Break I some like your bread. style. You took us to Safi's downtown, legendary spot, our Boom. first time there. So thank you for that, man. And just My bringing pleasure, in the guys. good vibes. And bro, you're, you're just a, a force, force of energy and just pure grit. And your story is definitely, definitely going to inspire a lot of people. I think when you're possible. real, there's nothing to hide. And you ain't got an agenda to talk about. You ain't got a storyline to talk about. You just be who you are. And I think we kicked off a very good dinner and we became friends. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue this relationship. And I love what you guys are doing. You guys are killing it. And that's, let's make history. Absolutely, man. And what you got going on is just insane. Um, the accolades are long. The list is long. And the journey is long. So, you know, like everything, we got to start in the beginning. Tell us about, you know, where you're raining from and, you know, what is like, you know, coming up. I had a very weird lifestyle, man. Like I grew up, I was born in Riga, Latvia, part of the communism, Soviet Union. So I grew up wearing the red tie and like reading books to Lenin and, you know, Stalin was a hero, you know, like. 40 years down the past, Stalin's not a hero. But being grown up into a position of understanding of what it is and life and sh being shown of something that could be taken away from you in a matter of minutes. But, you know, going back to like being raised with parents from a background of communism, the hard life and understanding like you got to earn everything yourself. Coming up to a point where like, coming to this country, the first thing I noticed was the palm trees. I was like, mom, mom, I'm in heaven. <laughs> when I was 13 years old, I came from the country and, you know, the Soviet Union was already crashed. So just life just put me in a position of, you know, understanding of like what you have and, and just grab what you have, own what you have and take it. That's where I'm, that's what I've, where that's, that's my first thought was, Driving, drive the air from the drive from the airport to the first place where I stayed at was which was Glendale, California. Not the hills, Glendale, California. You know, the other side of the train tracks. <laughs> so, so it wasn't like all peaches and cream when I first got here. It was like two bedroom house, no, two bedroom house. Parents, brother, his wife, his son, one year old son, and then me on the dining room in the floor. I didn't have a bed until I was 18 years old, which 
my first bed was a bunk bed in the Marine Corps boot camp. So, yeah. And and yeah, then that's not really even yours. That that thing's up for grabs. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> it's like, yeah. Holy- Bottom rack, bottom rack. <laughs> you got to fight for that every day. Yeah. So, so coming up and and that as you were you know coming over here and everything, what was a, so you went to high school and all that stuff out here. So my I went to my first. I was seventh grade, junior high school. I came here when I was thirteen years old in nineteen ninety three. I went to Roosevelt Junior High School. My first job at Roosevelt Junior High School was selling donuts at recess. Wow. So. There's this German lady, Ursula. Suran, Suran. She was like, it was my, that was my scapegoat. Like everything I needed to get her out of trouble was like, I was working for her. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was my first hustle that I put together. Like, okay, I'm selling donuts at recess. All my homies are coming out. I'm picking up, you know, like, and then she put me on game on how to make sure that I, you know, I could walk away with a little bit of extra cash at the end. $4.75. That was, um, what is it? What do you call it? Minimum wage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. $4.75 was minimum wage where I got paid. And, you know, that was my first job at 13, selling donuts at Roosevelt Junior High School. From there, I went to Glendale High. Ninth grade, I got on the football team. By my freshman, no, my sophomore year, well, I started as a defensive tackle. As a, being gymnast, I did gymnastics since I was three years old. So the development I had as my, in my body, like being trained as a Russian communist, what helped me back then with understanding of where I come from and what I want is when you fall down, it's okay to fall down. Pick yourself up. Don't be a little wuss about it. Pick yourself up. Fight another day. You're going to get your goal. When you, want it, when you have a goal, you have three things. Discipline, consistency, commitment. When you put all those three th- things together, you need discipline to be consistent. You need discipline to be committed. You need discipline to reach your goal. When you put all those things together, I was taught that at a very young age by my dad. If you have this base, have this core, when you, were, when you work out, you have a core. And where they strengthen first, your core. So when you have this core, you'll be able to take over the world as long as it's in within your mind. What I mean by the world, I don't mean by like, I'm the baddest and the biggest. It's within your structure. It's within your mind. It's within your means. Take over your own world. Take over your own world. You're you're in a battle with yourself. You're in competition with yourself. No one else. Every day. Every day. We fight this every day. You, me, my brother over here. This is who we are. We survivors. We're going to survive anywhere you throw us in. I could tell when he was like, 4.30, I get up, 7 o'clock, I got spin class. <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude, we were just finishing dinner at like midnight last night. <laughs> yeah. Discipline. You know, discipline. Always. Yeah. Don't feel sorry for yourself, bro. Wake up. Come on now. <laughs> I, I feel that it's a serious advantage knowing what you've come from and not just being born here existing in only this because most people when you say so many choices i feel like it's too many choices people can't make up their mind well they're trying to weed out the weakness you know choices have given to you for weeding out the weakness of who's out there fighting for what vikings fought for what they believed in and what they the god the g you know like 
the Valhalla, right? It's what your soul believes in and what you want. You go out there and get it. Don't fake it. Be who you are. Damn. And it's in some, just like naturally in some. I feel like it was naturally, you know, got instilled in you at a very young age. Look, we talked, we kind of threw some things about yesterday, right? Like I kind of mentioned, like I lived the four, I lived four lifetimes at this point of myself, like understanding of, you know, I'm 43 years old. You got first 10, second 10, third 10, fourth 10, right? But the first 10 was brought to me by my dad's success. My dad was a very successful, disciplined man, born in 1935. The man, I mean, like, I mean, I thought I had ADHD. He made sure that I was, I taught myself how to deal with my ADHD. It was hardcore training, beatings. And again, I'm not saying what was, this is a man that was born in 1935. You got to understand where he comes from. For you to be successful, for you to be able to not, judge other people's character but what you think or he hurt my feelings or he hurt this or he did this is for you to put yourself in the shoes of the person in front of you trying to teach you something and and kind of appreciate who they are is understanding where they come from open your mind as people who we are and just take it and say this guy this is all he knows is this is what he was brought up in He's, being, he's doing the best he can to give me the life or give me the training that I need to be successful in my life. I don't take the negative from people. Anything I've ever done in my life, even if there's some deals, there's some things that have always gone negative, but there's always things that I've always talked about, like that negativity, I always turn it into positivity. That's a lesson learned. That's a project achieved. That's something that I wanted, that I wanted so bad that I was willing to take on the risk I was willing to take on the fate of somebody else's trust. And most of the times, 99% of the time, I always succeeded because being rightful, being honest with yourself puts the person in front of you to be rightful with you, with you yourself. So it's just this weird agenda, not, not an agenda, but this weird communication that you got to have within like like we talked about soul, right? There's soul. You got to have your soul. You got to believe in yourself and then believe in, other, be, believe in others as you believe in yourself and give them the chance of showing and proving who you are and who they are before you put your guards up. And so you're learning all this in high school through football. This is where it starts is just getting beaten in football as far as just like, beaten by the coach meaning mentally to where it you started have to when strive. i was three years old in gymnastics with my coach from russian environment built from that environment taught from that environment that there is no talking back like you get hit you this is the way it is you can't drink water because you might be a pussy if you drink water and again no disrespect to anybody but just the mentality of the way it was set put you in a position of survival. So you're as, as younger as you are in life and put in a position of, I need to survive. I need to beat this obstacle course. So it teaches you how to deal with life, teaches you how to deal with problems. The more you deal with problems, the more you learn. Hence, 
Our history brings us back to cannabis. The more we dealt with problems from everything else that came from the side, we were able to attack those obstacle courses and overcome it. That's what being to that football brought me to thirsty. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was definitely, bro, like my coach, my first experience ever with football, right? This is my first time. I'm, the, I'm a short guy from, from Gecko. Like, let's not BS about this. I'm short. <laughs> okay, I'm five foot four since I was, I've been five foot four since I was in ninth grade. Okay. All right. So uh, my coach, Coach Fawn, was a soccer coach and also a football coach. We're going through the Oklahoma drills, you know, like they're going through from sizing and these two guys get up and tackle each other. These two guys get up and tackle each other. I've been doing gymnastics since I was three years old. The, by the time I was 15, I think I did about 64 pull-ups at this, like nonstop. And this is just pure strength. Like, yeah, I had no choice. You didn't do it, you're getting beat. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you don't have an option here. You it's know gonna what I mean? Happen. It's yeah. going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. So we get, you know, through all these trainings and I'm, gets to the shortest people on the, on the football team. This is ninth grade. This is freshman year. My boy, Max, rest in peace. And uh, lost him very young, you know, but... Um, so we're doing the Oklahoma drills, and then he puts me up with, my, with the guy my size and just, boom, knocked out. This kid's out. The, the second one, this kid's out. The third one, fourth one, he goes, what's your name? He didn't even know my name. We're in hell week. This is where we just got our pads. This is where we're just trying to show ourselves what we can do. As humble as I am, like, just don't want to, but my life has always been, my dad has always taught me, like, you got to go after what you want. There is no size. There is no difference. There's no matter who you are. You got to go after what you believe in. You got to have your discipline. You got to have your mindset so clear. Take away all negativity from anybody else. Like there's, no, like there's no such thing as a bad deal. Bad deal is you as a person because you did not understand what your position was in that deal. That's a big game. It's hard to digest too. Cause like I can relate big time, you know, multiple deals where it's like, yo, at the end of the day, you're sitting there in the mirror or you're thinking, sitting there thinking by yourself and you're like, it's fucking on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can blame, you can be the victim. All that just leads you to dead ends. And then when you accept it, that's when you start learning and growing from it. And it just, the biggest thing is to like pay attention and actually learn the lesson rather than try to keep continuing to keep life the same way. I feel like that's where I've fallen short. And it's like, sometimes you have to relearn lessons. Education. And it's like, shit, man. Like, Everything life keeps trying to teach me. education. Mm -hmm. So I'll follow you heavy on that. Definitely. I felt like that was our dinner last night with Sean telling us journey stories and us, a lot of us being like, wow, whoa, whoa. Like, I mean, you're, you have such an interesting journey, bro. It's, it's unlike a lot we've heard. Very true. Like so, junior year, you're captain of the team. W what's it like at that point? Like, how'd you, how'd you, you know, rank your way up? Just like showing up, having a good attitude, just never stop. Hustling. When the team left, I was there for another two hours. I never stopped. I just knew if, I, if I'm short, I got to make it up somewhere. Where is that weight? Where is that strength? At that level, look, look, 
once you go to college, it's a different strength level, right? You got kids that have already like grown into being like the hormones have kicked in. Everything is your body, like you're stronger. Like college is different. High school is development. The faster you develop to a certain point of your life, guys are going to be behind. But two, three years later, I, you know, you know, like alignment's going to stomp on you, bro. Just <laughs> clink and then you're done. But at that point, I realized like, okay, this is my time. This is my shine. This is nobody else's time. And I'm staying clear with my head, like what I do, teachers, coaches, grades. My parents told me like, if you get anything less than a B, you ain't playing football. I'm like, that's oxymoron. Football players don't get all Bs. You know, there's got to be some Cs. You got to give me a break. You know, they're like, nope. Russian. This way it is. No. <laughs> like, ah. And I was like, all right, cool. It's cool. It's not like I did the work for a B, but, you know, my teachers appreciated my respect, common courtesy, knowing not to, not, knowing not to when, when to shut up. When, when to laugh, when not to laugh. As long as you understand the fact of how to treat another human being and make sure that they see you try, they will always work with you. There have been a few times where I had to go to talk to my teachers at the end of the semester, like, Miss So-and-so, like, Miss Meadows, like, hey, she still got my picture in her fucking classroom, by the way. My military graduation picture, too. She's like, yo, Sean, like, so understanding like please what do i need to do help me help myself not help me help you help me help myself i know i've had some shortfalls acknowledging your shortfalls having someone that's in front of you looking at you and understanding like you're acknowledging your failures that gives you so much personality that gives you so much character of understanding when the person's looking at you like He's going to say, she's going to say, he or she is going to say, hmm, he knows what he wants. I'm going to give you that break, but I'm not going to give you the B. I'm going to give you a C. And then you get your report card and it's a B. You're like, damn, I pulled it off, you know? Damn. But, but that's the success that you want to understand is because dissecting of the person in front of you and giving the same treatment that you want for yourself to the person in front of you is what you want. It's always been the same common courtesy. It's respect, common respect, courtesy, and acknowledgement of who's in front of you. Don't disrespect anybody in front of you. Don't judge a book by its cover. Judge everybody by who they are. And that's the lesson at the end of the day. Absolutely. You know, and then rolling in, I mean, what's senior year like? Senior year was very colorful for me. And I graduated as... 3.4 GPA. Didn't tell anybody I'm joining the Marine Corps. The day of the night, I came home and I said, Mom, Dad, I'm be going to the Marine Corps tomorrow. They're like, what do you mean? So they called the whole meeting. So like my aunts, uncles, everybody showed up, cousins, and everybody's freaking out like, where is Sean going? <laughs> you know, where is Surin going? And... I said, guys, I signed myself up to the Marine, you know, in the Marines. I wanted to go to East Coast and this is where I want to be. And right out of high school, a month after graduation, August 12th, 1998, I joined the Marines. I went to boot camp. Wow. So you graduated 
everything's going good. They're like, what's next for you? Probably thinking college or something. And you're like, I'm fucking going to the front lines. <laughs> yeah, going, That's crazy. Mom must have what, freaked what, out. What, what turned you on to that? What made you, was it, you know, JROTC or like a friend or? My brother. Okay. My brother served in the Russian army. Ah. And there's always this competition that I had with my brother, right? And then coming to America, the freedom the, and seeing the downfall of communism made me love America even more and appreciate America even more. And I'm like, I have a duty to do. I have to go serve for my country. And I wanted to go serve for this country because it gave me so much in the three, five years of the lifetime that I already have within, since 1993 when I was 13 to 1998 when I was 18. It's like, I, I, I want to see this. I want to see the other side of America. I want to see this, like what, what is life in America, right? And that's when my first time like, just, that I just really like had this passion. I walked into the office and I said, I want to be in the Marines. Like, well, have you taken an ASVAB? I'm like, I think I took it in ninth grade or 10th grade. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But I know there was this time that we do take that ASVAB test in a high school. And uh, they said, okay, 10th grade. I'm sorry. It was 10th grade. So I took the, I had taken the ASVAB. They looked in my record. They said, okay, you qualify for this and this and this. And they were playing this video of a bunch of Marines just jumping on boats and jumping off boats jumping off hovercrafts and helicopters. And I'm like, I want to do that. It's like, well, that's being an infantryman. I'm like, well, that's what I'm going to do. And so as you're going through, you're making friends, you're battling, like what, what's it like as you're going through all this, as you're going through school of infantry? I mean, you make a lot of friends. I made friends from Texas. I made friends from all across the States. Like just everybody's out there just trying to survive. Everybody's out there just trying to find who they are as people. What gave me the edge and I think it's just the hard times that I came from because my first eight years of my life was like, I thought I grew up in a hotel. Literally, my dad was in a hotel. My, we lived in a hotel in a suite. My dad's like in Italy. We go to all these different countries and I'm traveling with my dad, my mom. Everything's great. My mom, my mom didn't travel as much because she was an engineer and she worked for a, a specific company in, in Latvia. and they. She was actually the first lady that she was the head of, she was the head engineer that designed the first automatic washing machine in the Soviet Union. She holds 78 patents. Well, you don't hold patents, but you, you create patents for the country to claim on specific things that was created at the time. So growing up within that and then understanding where I'm at today, building relationships with people, coming from hard times and where, you know, during the communism years, what I was talking about with my dad, being in a position where he was in, me growing up with, you know, having everything that I thought life was great. Everything was smiles. Everything was happy. And then communism in 89, all the way, I say from 89 to 91, things started going down. And in 91, communism crashed. When communism crashed, companies shut down, gas companies shut down. We didn't have, like, we only had like four hours of gas. We only had six hours of light power. And like, I have a nephew. I don't even think we can fathom that. Yeah. Like, cause that's like literally like this, like imagine the government shuts down. Like, like for real though, like shuts down, not like COVID where it's like stay in your house, but like Shut shuts down. the fuck down. Yeah. That's Martial insane. law. You have to that's be home insane. by seven o'clock. You got tanks driving through your streets. The reason why my dad left Latvia wasn't because it was time for you to retire. 
no, it was just, bro, they grabbed my dad for 48 hours and straight up like try to set him up. But they first offered him the fact that, listen, you want to be in your position? You have to be corrupt. You have to pay, pay us. My dad's like, I'm not paying anybody, bro. Like he wasn't brought that way. This was, this is like between that KGB captain, between my dad, you probably got about 30 years of difference in life. You know, this guy, this guy was probably born in 1950 and, or 60. My dad was born in 1935, different upbringing. You got to put yourself in the mentality of that time, right? So they offered him to take bribes, to give people, to start selling the furniture and the leather that used to come in. You know, the leather was all for the shoe companies. Like every, all the leather that came from Italy was just going straight to Lux. Shoe company, it was called Luke's, not Lux, Luke's. So there was a, a factory that just sold a bunch of shoes and my dad provided the leather for them. So they were trying to get, cut this out and go to this way, go that way, try to get cuts. So if you want to skip in line and you want to do, you know, they were just trying to be corrupt. And just because he said no, they literally let him go. 24 hours later, they grabbed him for 48 hours and beat the fuck out of him, bro. To, for him to admit that he's corrupt. And they set up a specific set of books to, for him to admit to, but he would, he, he, my pops, luckily, God will, you know, God bless. He was smarter than that. He kept a set of second books. He felt it after the first time when they wanted to talk to him and they wanted to see if he's corrupt or not. I guess something that I've never really had this. I would say my, my connection with my dad came in when he was 75, not between that, me and him bumping heads, obviously just two different worlds we're living in, right? And um, him having problems with me and weed, but we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, so he just kind of drove himself out of that position and said, I'm retiring and just realized where he was at. They couldn't, because he had a set of second books because he figured out that they're about to like come down on him. This is all KGB ran. Putin and everybody... Again, I'm not a politician, but this is all their hood, bro. This is, they own this. The biggest, the biggest mafia is the KGB at the time, during that time. And they just pushed everything through. They got everybody out. They changed the ruble. People lost money. People just, the whole, people started dying of hunger. Russia was broke. America broke Russia into pieces. And coming, being, seeing all that and then coming here and then being around people and understanding what you have and what you've given, what the capabilities of are. And that's what put me in a position of just take and I want, like, I want to build, I want to learn, I want to learn, I want more. Just teach me more. Like, I just want more. Like, this is not enough. And I just kept fighting for more knowledge. Anything I was able to do, if I clean the bathroom, I'd be the best fucking bathroom cleaner in the fucking world. There's nobody... That nobody could clean the bathroom better than I can. And that relayed in my military career. And I gave back. I wanted to give, I wanted, I wanted more. Like, throw anything at me, I'm going to take it. What was your favorite part of military school? Guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guns, definitely. Well, you, you get access to some crazy shit or what? I think, well, every deployment... Okay, I'm not supposed to talk about this. But every, I'm going to get into it anyways because <laughs> it's been a long time. But every deployment, we're coming off of our uh, 2000 deployment and it was called the Dynamic Response. Okay, it's 24th Mule Division. 
we're coming off of uh, our deployment and um, we're in Israel on the border of Egypt and Israel. And it's called the uh, Operation Expenditure. Okay. So the military knows that, hey, we assigned for this much rounds and missiles and shit we got to blow up. We got to use. Well, if you don't use it, it transfers over to the second mule. Well, that's, that's not how the military gets their money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we have expenses we got to pay for. So we just lined, it was 4th of July. Maybe it was just for that 4th of July. Again, this might be something that I experienced and I'm thinking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know, but <laughs> let's, but it was more like, we lined up everything, tanks, LAVs, M-tracks. I mean, any, any type of something that you can fire off of, we lined like a straight line, 4th of July, and uh, we just went balls out, and everybody had a chance to shoot everything. I mean, it was just tracer rounds just going out. It was just, it was fireworks, bro. This, you, can't, you can't make this up. There's no other fireworks. You know, you see fireworks in Disneyland. You see fireworks. But you're talking about real shit blowing up. It's fireworks. And you got United States, the most powerful country in the world, most powerful military in the world. Like, hey, guys, you guys want to blow some shit up? Yeah. Well, let's go. This is what we're going to do today. This is your job. Really? And then there was, they had the 25 millimeter chain guns. Off of the ships. That would be fucking Bro, fun. You put your body into it like this, and you're like, doo, 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 and you just see every third round is a trace around. And you just got, you just, it's some funny shit. It's some shit. cool stuff, bro. Like, I swear, like, I've seen my brother and him talk about his Russian military bullshit. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> they know, like, and that's one of the arguments I always had with, like, you know, people that always come and, like, well, the Russian army. Well, fuck your Russian army. And again, no disrespect to anybody, you know. Like, <laughs> like I was shooting missile launchers and twenty five. I'm, I'm, Ameri I'm American Armenian, bro. Like I'm gonna represent my shit. You know what I mean? Let's not get the shit fucked up. Like this is my country, bro. Like, what did you give me? You know what I'm saying? You ran me out. Like over here, like when you volunteer, you volunteer. You want you want to represent what you own. What this is yours. This is ownership of like. You know, one of the craziest books, Extreme Ownership. This is your country. You represent your country. Over there, they make you do mm -hmm. what you don't want to do. Some guys should never be in the military. You know what I mean? They're just not built that way. Like, it doesn't matter over there. But then those are the guys that get abused and hated on and just all kinds of things that I don't even want to mention and talk about. You know, it's just not right. Where for you, it was a positive. For them, it's a negative. Yes. Yeah. You, you get willingly. paid here. Over there, you don't get paid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. Like, just hearing you talk about it, I realize how little I know. And it just makes me realize how little most Americans know about... Imagine, like... <sighs> Man, Americans don't even, they're, you know, it, it's crazy, right? It's a whole fucking, it's a, really a topic, especially right now. I think you could agree. Um, but imagine being in the fucking military and not getting paid. And that's just what you have to do. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone could and you're made to do. Well, your family struggling. And you're while your family, bro, you limit, you, you're told this is what you're going to get paid. There's no control. 
There's no extra. There's nothing. Like you said when you were young, there's no no. Yeah. Yep. There's no no. You're doing, you're gonna, or yeah. why'd you get beat? You're gonna get beat. So yep. you learn at a young age, like, I'm gonna do whatever they say because it's better than the beatings. That's how I learned how to control my ADHD. You got that shit beat it out of you. <laughs> what do you one not, not at a time? Not to jump too far forward, but what do you do now to like make sure that you keep that energy? Because you know we all got energy in us daily that we kind of got to get out of us. I, I wake feel up like. at four o'clock in the morning. And I'm at the gym by five o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I include my kids in that. So I'll, like if, when it's good weather and I can stay at home, work out outside and do push ups and do things. I I run my kids through the same training program that I do. My my son is nine years old. My daughter's seven years old now, but I've been doing this with them since he was six and my daughter was four. Just something I install, like, in limited amounts. Like, obviously, you got to understand, like, you want to surprise them with this and you want them to want it. So you want to say, hey, guys, you guys want to do, like, morning exercise tomorrow and you want them to, well, set your alarm up. I don't want to wake you up. You set your, you come wake me up. Let's make this fun, right? So you got to understand how to break that down. It wasn't like, the whole Russian, like, I'm going to whoop your ass. Like, you better wake up, you son of a gun. No. You want to do something? Hey, let's do it. I'm here for you. Saturday, Sunday, let's work. Let's wake up. Let's play. Let's go hiking. Let's do this. Let's do that. So you make it fun for them to want it. You give, you give them the idea that it's their idea. So that's what makes them want to do more with you. You know what I mean? That's how you make them want to, like, my dad's cool. My mom. That's the best thing you could ever hear. Like, daddy, I love you from your daughter. When, like it's like, bro, and and nothing matters. Just gone. This is, that's my that's my Make that's my drug idea. in life. You know what I mean? Make it their idea. Make it their idea. Fucking genius. I'm sure you use that uh, with with work too, huh? Yeah. Got to. <laughs> <laughs> that well, shit translates to staff. I lead, well, I lead just work for all with, the homies listening on the team. I lead work with example. No, yeah, I think, One yeah, thing I think, that I think you're, I if think I you're, don't get down on my knees and do the same shit and I work, whatever, like if I got to clean, I clean, I pick up trash, I pick up trash to this day, then I can't expect the same thing from my guys, from my team, from my brothers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So damn, I mean, you're, you're, you're in the military, you got out of boot camp, you end up in North Carolina. Where, where does it kind of go from there? And like, you know. What do you think about North Carolina overall? Like getting in, like, because you you said some interesting thing because NASCAR is huge in North Carolina. Huge. I don't think people understand that either. Actually, I Jacksonville, they, no, no, Daytona 500 there is you huge. Go. Very beautiful woman. But uh, what is it? Hendrix? What a shithole of a city, though. Hen sorry. Hendrix Motorsport. Like a lot of big yes. names are up in uh, North Carolina. But I learned the culture. Yeah. I appreciate Thanksgiving. That's one of my favorite things because it brings family together. I got to make some lifelong fucking friends to this day. They're my riders. I ride with them. They ride with me. And, you know, we've been through a lot together. We appreciate each other. And we're, that's what I got. I got what I, what I thought I was going to get when I said, I want to go to North Carolina. Because they're like, you go to San Diego. I'm like, no, I want to go to North Carolina. I want to I I see the rest of this country. I want to see what this country was based off. I want to I learn what this country was built off of. The people that's bled and fought and gave for our choice. Look, people think differently because they haven't experienced what I've experienced. I've experienced shit that you don't have a choice. I was 11 years old, 12. My nephew was born when I was 11. I was 12 years old. 
3 a.m. This is when we moved from Latvia back to, well, not back to Armenia. From, we went from Latvia to Armenia for the, for the two years awaiting our paperwork to come to the country. 3 a.m. I had to go stand in line to buy milk by fucking 7 o'clock in the morning as a fucking 12-year-old. What is that going to teach you? 3 a.m. with grown people, bro. And then you have a ticket to go fucking buy bread. But you, had, you thought you grew up in a hotel. Life was fucking great. And all of a sudden, everything's gone. You got safety, security here that you got to pay for. And we all got to pay for that. Within our means. That we're, that we're able to, like, you get to this level, you got to pay this. You get to this level, you got to pay this. We all have a dude. We have, this shit don't come for free. Nothing's free in life. Nothing good is free for life, in life. You got to earn this yourself. Be proud of what you've earned. So it's almost like the loss of everything can change overnight. Absolutely can. But we're in a place where we're protected and we pay for that protection. Absolutely. Pay your taxes. It's worth it. Do your part. Do your part. You do your part, people leave you alone. Exactly. That's probably what you found out in your life. Do your part. You Play know, your role. Seems like you've always been a go-getter and you've always done your part. And therefore you've been able to be left alone in that sense of like some people don't like when other people worry about them. True. Or worry about what they got going on. You know, like like, yo, I got this. I got like, this. You know, and those are your people with high drive, high grit that are just like, you give them the game plan. They're like, all right. And they might not know everything, but they know they're not going to, they're not going to stop. They're not going to give up. No. And that's like, that's, that's your drive. Yeah, man. That's that, your motivation. That, it's such a big part in business, life, military, team sport, everything. So bringing it all full circle, and obviously we'll get back to the buildup of, you know, you coming back to California, but. What was your first time smoking weed? Smoking weed with Max and Alvi, driving down a mountain high. They passed me a joint. I don't even smoke cigarettes. Second time was during invasion. Uh, they had this bunch of high schools that used to go on these tours at Utah or trips on Utah, like snowboarding, like snow, snow trips, either Utah or like Mam Reno, whatever, like a bunch of different like uh, ski resorts that you would go to. And that was my second time smoking weed, and that was it. Until I got out of the military, and I started smoking weed when I was like 24 years old. And I've been smoking weed ever since. I fucking, I wish I'd smoked earlier. What got you back into it? I was never into it to understand it. it. Yeah. I just oh, tried right. it both times. You think you yeah. inhaled and felt it, or how was it? I, how was the experience? I fell asleep. In Utah was the only time where I fell asleep, and that was it. Like, the first time I didn't even know how to smoke it. So the second time in Utah... We're in Salt Lake City in 97. Yeah. And um, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Like, I just fell asleep and that was it. I feel like that's that's a common case, too, is the first couple times or, you know, it not It was just so taboo for me. Yeah. And then my, you hopped off in the military anyway, so it was, My parents would kill sense. me. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't Like, I sense. thought this is death. Like, this yeah. is like, you're the devil till I joined the military. No, life opened up a little bit more, and I'm just you realize, like, man, these motherfuckers are partying. Yeah, here. everybody's Holy partying. <laughs> They're out here on the real deal, shit. Holy, you know? fuck the weed, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! No, so bring it back to Cali. I mean, what was it like coming back and, and yeah. you know building up and like what'd you what'd you hop off into? I had a lot of support. 
I came off. I hopped into uh, my my dad's friend here had a kitchen business, kitchen cabinetry construction. So I just hopped right back in because during separation from the military, they gave they gave us three months of um, masonry, three months of plumbing, and three months of electrical courses. Too. So you, when you get out, you know you have something to fall back on, which is very cool. Very it's cool. a separation point where like they teach you all these traits, where you you got something to do when you get out. Now we come across cannabis. Cannabis, I I love cannabis, bro. Cannabis is giving me so much at this point. Like I'm so like I'm I'm successful. I'm happy. I'm I'm not complaining. I'm working. I'm you know this is what this is what it is. This is you want something, you got to go get it, right? And after the dry cleaners, me and a, me and my partner, my friend, we're going. You know, he's he's got some stuff going on. We're trying to get into trading oil, like crude oil. Trying to find some customers. We ran into some some guy named Rob, and Rob was in the picture. Now we're getting into it, and then we see a house. Hey, come check out my house. What's in the house? Look at this room, and I walked into this room. It's got like. Those hooded lights with the glass with the air vents in it. You know, it's got one light, two light, three light, and he's got this plant. And then I'm like, fucking cannabis, bro. Like, this is cool. Like, what's up? <laughs> you know, this is what it. So it was, again, same circle of, but it all started from Kenji. My homie, Damn. blessings, Ooh. love the G. Damn. But this is, this is the cut that made it to some blessed, he blessed people. That kind of made my way, but then come to find out a 360 turn when I'm dealing with these guys, my brothers over here, family members, my wife's cousin and everybody else, that's Kenja's circle. That's Kenja's crew. So that's that little thing. And it's just, it's, it's a weird way how everything just keeps coming back and like makes its way back into this circle of like friendship and people that you're with. And um, so Kenji... With that time, so I'm seeing this guy's house and, you know, like, all right, can we come from, like, hey, you guys want to come see a trim? Like, I want to fucking see a trim. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is cool as fuck. Like, and then first I saw him sell one pound for $7,000. And again, my head just went, what the fuck? <laughs> just, what do you mean? But I'm not thinking legal, non-legal. Like, I just don't understand any of that at the point because I'm just like, I paid for weed. I bought weed, but nobody thinks of this bag being worth $7,000. You know, I bought a little baggie for 25 bucks. You know, I went smoke for a couple of days. It's cool. It's great. What the hell just happened? 10 pounds, 70 grand. Like, what the? I'm just like, wow. Okay, cool. So we're thinking, you know, we're talking. We come from a trim. We started trimming. We sat there. We trimmed. Like, we trimmed for like two days. 12 pounds again. Out of a house, out of a tiny little house. You know, it's dope. Or like, it's cool. Good weed. It's the OG. It's the OG that, you know, everybody claims. Got a jar right here. You yeah. got, I wish you could smell, man. I wish you guys you could know? smell this. I wish you guys could home, come help us smoke this. But, you know, it was uh, the Houdini. It was this. It was Diablo. It was the crack. It was, you know, dive. Right when I put, right when I put the nose on that, I was like, yep. That's it. It's that OG. That's it. That's it changed everything. The OG, when it hit the valley and got got out of more than one or two hands, everything changed. Like it, like you're saying, seven thousand a pound. Before that, no matter what straight, it wasn't that. Yeah. OG hit, and it OG was like, hit. oh, you want to put a number to what, something? What year yeah. were we in about this time? 
This is 2007. Okay. 2007 at this point. Okay. Yeah. So, so, thanks, going, so, so you kind of hopped right in, man. At, at Never stopped. At Haven't stopped since. Yeah. yeah as, as far as like connections. Yes. Network. Luckily, like my network sure here was already set. It, like people like have been networking here. Like the, the love and the respect and the friendship and the support that I got from my people here. Like mm -hmm. I can't, like there's my cousin, Mike, call him my cousin, but he's, a, or he's my cousin's best friend that they grew up from each other. But homie's been blessed with me, you know, like he's blessed me with that. Like I've always gotten the love and the share with, they giving me the help that I needed to be where I'm at. I'm never going to forget where I, you know, like the help that I've gotten. But at the same time, like I've had the drive to put myself in the position to take all that and keep going nonstop. And uh, being disciplined about it. You know, we talked about that discipline, consistency, commitment. Let's just like have vision, understand what you want and go for it. And so coming you, into this point, it's like this is getting into 2008 at this, at, you know, Christmas and things are coming in. We're like, this guy's like asking us like, hey, you guys want to do this? We're like, yeah, we want to do this. John's like, you want to do it? Yeah, I want to do it. But we, you know, we start talking about what it's going to cost us, what it's going to take us to do. This is where John comes in. John's a guy that plays 4D, 5D chess. While people playing, trying to learn how to play checkers. So he's like, okay, there's medical. There's got to be a legal way to do this. There's got to be a way where there's guidance for you to operate in guidelines. and grow cannabis for the patients. But at the same, at this time, we didn't, we don't know who we're talking to. Then we come across Bruce Margolin, I want to say. That's exactly the name. <laughs> the guy that was working out of his... Uh, uh, van or uh, was it one of his like RVs? I think he used to work out of an RV. Um, wow, off of La Brea. Is it Bruce Markle? Or was it the other one? There was one more. I think there was another hippie lawyer that was working out of an RV, and we met him at La Brea and like Third Street. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, the right. <laughs> that's the weed attorney. That's the weed attorney. In a parking yeah. lot, oh, that'll be five thousand. That co op, that co op, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give us a co op. Said, Hey, you know, you guys could get you have to get patience. So, you know, while I'm so I'm trying to understand what's going on, this guy's doing three tables, three four by eights, I think like six lights, and Flood and drain. I'm trying to absorb all this using utilizing my construction knowledge and okay, we're going to build this. So we got a 10,000 square foot warehouse. Our first, yeah, we went balls out. We're like, fuck it. We're just going to go do this. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. You feel like, was that a mutual thing or was it your, or do you feel like your friendship with John really started making you think a lot? He bigger. made me think the way I think. A lot he bigger. He made me like, John was like the click of my brain was like, okay, let me wind this guy up and send him out. But he gave me the information that I need to break down and get. And he knows you're the good, amazing operator. So you're going to go get it he done. He knows how I operate. Exactly. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he acknowledged, he just yep. go. He played a big role in how to implement the company. My part was building this place out. You know, we started, we went, we got big tanks. Got the whole piping done, flood and drain tables. We had 
those uh, green liter, German liter pumps without any pressure regulator, but it had to be on a, it was on a 120 switch. So we had a switch at the tank and then we had a switch in the room, like a two-way switch when you walk into a bedroom. So we had that set up. That's the first, we were just setting this up. This, we calculated it was going to cost like 150 racks, but we're like, we're going in pretty, like we're already getting close to half a mil. So this is from all investment money. This is from everything that we've done so far in our lives that's just been collected. Like we're investing all clean money. Everything's like accounted for. We got permits to build. So we went and understood, like, so I was like a buddy of ours, Rob's the person that introduced us to the cannabis. His cousin used to own a fish shop. So they had all this bunch of equipment, bunch of fish stuff. He's like, bro, you guys, honestly, you need all the same equipment that you need to grow weed. You need to grow corals. I'm like, so I could build this place out and get permits for it. Yeah. You'd apply for electrical upgrade. Yeah. Okay. So I'm growing fucking corals. So we got some, you know, we spent some money on getting all the, getting his tanks out, setting up this whole like irrigation cycle. Like, so while he's doing this guy, he's teaching me like how to do all this. Like he's, he's teaching me how to set up a fish tank business. I'm learning how to plumb for my fucking tables. Like, so I could do flood and drain, feed from the top and then drain from the bottom, circulate back into my tank. And we're building this all this out and everything's going and okay, we're getting close to it. John got all the John got the co-op. We went and talked to a couple of dispensaries. We got their patient list. Okay, now we got we're doing working, he's working on the contracts, he's setting everything up. And boom. Veg lights go on. He brings this cut. This was, to us, at one point, was known as Houdini OG. We pushed Houdini OG. We're the first brand that actually did fucking packaged jars. And this was in 2008. So, again, I'm not, I'm saying in my area, in my hood, like in my territory, we're like, we just went, dropped off an eighth at every shop with the business card and said, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. And I'm talking about like, We'll rewind back to that one in a little bit. But uh, so lights went in. We started the veg. Everything permitted. Everything with the business license. We actually got a business license under the company name at the time. And we're operating. It's just me running one room. The homie that was running his room in the house is running another room. And I'm just, lights come on. I'm sitting in that room. I had the Grower's Bible at the time, if you guys remember, Grower's Bible. Shout out I'm looking Jorge at Cervantes. this book, yeah. and I'm just looking at these plants. 12 hours every single day, I'm in that room, and it's flood and drain. And I'm looking at these plants. Just, veg was great. It just grew. It's healthy. It's, I got 22 lights in that room. And everything's great, and these plants just starting to, and it was on a six by six Hugo block. My first time ever working with Hugo block. Like, hold on, this doesn't make sense. Like, these plants are just starting to turn yellow. Like, I see the leaves just going down. I'm like, something's off. And this guy's talking shit. Like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, I told you he doesn't know. He's just getting on my nerves. Like, bro, like, we, it's my money, fool. It's his money. Like, what, what are you talking about? You know, like, get out of my this face. This is all of I'm us gonna, here. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Like, this is us. You know, like, we're going to figure yeah. this out. And I'm just, then I go look at the tanks. And every time the water goes through and you do the flood and drain, your water gets darker and darker and darker. So something would tell you to open it up with more RO, or it's like, why would you want to eat your own recycled food, bro? 
you absorb and you release in politically speaking correctness, you know? So what we, what we do is we got to treat the same plant as it's what it is. Cause you start seeing darkness. There's a reason why it's getting dark because it's releasing certain gases or certain, whatever it is that it's just the, it, the, the plant doesn't absorb. And I was like, all right, I, I got to start flushing. So I turned off the flooding drain. I started doing top feed. So I flushed for a couple of days and I watched his plants about five days later, these things were just praying back up. The OG just looking insane. <laughs> and I'm just learning at the 12 hours every single day. Lights turned on, lights turned off. I did not leave until the lights turned off. I didn't, I was there before the lights turned on and I just watched these things grow and I just kept applying, okay, multiple feeds now. Why? When you're training for competition for whatever it is, you don't eat two meals, you eat five meals, you eat six meals, and you break it down at certain times during your day where you want that energy, where you got to burn that energy, and then you want your body to crash and get the rest. So the same thing with, I just started implying the same thing that I've learned throughout my years of how I fit, how I trained and how I fed my body, is I'm implying to this plant. And... I mean, I, I know this number is going to be very funny, but first harvest out of 22 lights was 86 pounds. <laughs> 11 weeks later. <laughs> this dude's sick as hell over here. No, so. no, I'm doing good. Be careful, Sean. Don't <laughs> let him get you sick, big dog. Two pounds of That's light crazy. Plus. And then as our first experience going out, we're like, okay, what do we do with this product? Yeah. So the same dispensers we go to, we just like, all right, here you go, here you go, here you go. We dropped off. Here's what you got. Here's what you got. Here's what you got. Here's what you got. And then we're getting paid back. A certain amount at the time was very high. We took all that money and put it right back in the business. I think it was like 52, 5,300, 5,400 in that range at the time. This is 2008. And we just put everything back in the business. We build another, another 200 light operation. But I also invested back in the money, right back into it. I, I rebuilt that place four times to get it to its optimal position. That's when I started learning how to build these. Because back then, you couldn't just go ask anybody to come build your grows. You weren't worried about being rated at the time because you thought you're doing some, you know, you, you, you know you're doing good. You know you're playing John had set up everything with Workman's Comp, health insurance. We were paying 100% of our health insurance for all of our workers. Like cousins were working, family members were working. So you trusted within the circle, you were more worried about getting robbed than getting raided at the time. We, that's what, we weren't worried about getting raided. Uh, this is 2008 into 2009 rolling up, building another facility out, another harvest coming in. And you know, I ended up taking over the whole grow, ended up rebuilding once, rebuilding twice. Moved the veg back out, made the whole place. It was a hundred, it was a 48, no, it was a 52 lighter and then turned into a 150 lighter and then turned into a 200 lighter. Within that first like eight, nine months of operation going in, we just kept changing because it was a 10,000 square foot warehouse. We just had the back end of the 5,000 square foot and then we added more and then we added more and then we just implemented everything to that. But at the same time, one of our, one of the, sh one of our landlords was a sheriff. Knew exactly what we were doing. All on, bro, uh, all on paper. Like we deposited every cash, everything we got, all on paper. 
Here you go. Here's your taxes. We actually had to pay extra to deposit cash. We paid a penalty to deposit in cash because it was a high risk deposit. So just kept on, you know, everything was being tracked. Everything was being, we had accounting. I mean, total out, total out operation. Then we started, the second facility came online. When the second facility came online, then we're like, okay, like we have way more product than what we know how to do with. So we put a program, we put a group together, was uh, run by one of my other cousins that's actually at Steezy right now. And he's the VP of all of operations of all of Steezy. He's building the, all the SOPs up for the team on the movement, you know, how the whole structure, the military structure works. It's we're playing the same. It's literally just managed the same exact way. He's also prior Marine. Um, he, was, uh, he, was enli he enlisted in the Marine Corps right after me. So he's sitting down. He's like, man, he's like, bro, somehow I just threw out the name Houdini. And he's like, bro, every time I smoke this weed, it's just like, I feel like I'm escaping. I'm, I feel like I'm Houdini. And Houdini OG. So dude, Art, Art picked up a card and just picked up his jars and started packaging it up, put a business card to it and started dropping it off to all the dispensaries. No charge, nothing. Donation, 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 donation with the number. And we started getting phone calls. One of the phone calls led to be one of our old friends at DTPG, Patrick. Calls me up, calls that number up. He's like, hey, uh, we're trying to see if we could pick up some of this for our patients and we sign you guys up. Let's work something out. We're like, all right, let's figure it out. Well, how many you guys have? But what do you got? I mean, what do you want? Like, well, what do you guys have? Like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you have? Let's not play this game. What do you want? Well, I want this much. Let's not throw out numbers. Okay. What do you mean, okay? I want this much every week. Okay. I want this much. Okay. Like, can I meet with the guys that are part of the operation? He's like, okay. Have a meeting. We go to old DTPG, sit down and say, hey, you know, we need real patients. We need this. Setting all this up. Getting everything done. He was picking up a chunk and then just kept getting phone calls all the way from San Diego. The originals that are the boys, the homies that are running originals, they were selling Houdini OG like, but this Houdini OG was being sold as like 15, 17 different strains. Diablo, Crack OG, this OG, that OG. But, you know, I'm, I don't know about any of the sales on that end. I just, I'm operations. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't sell. I don't negotiate. You tell me it's worth 100 bucks. Okay, it's 100 bucks, bro. No problem. Here you go. No, 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 it's 200 bucks. Okay, sure, no problem. 20 bucks. Like, I'm not, I just, if, I don't allow myself to negotiate in a place where just like I don't know that you bullshit I don't want to think that you're bullshitting me you know what I mean I want to walk away <laughs> knowing like you know I'm happy he you got what he up. wanted I'm happy with this deal you know what I mean so I'm an operator so I'm just operating cultivating trimming like hand trimming like trying to figure out like how to maneuver this is at this point we're operating like 400 lights you know, this is in what, like 2009? This is 2009. So, and we're That's building. big shit. Yeah. And we started building a 600 lighter. 
in 2009. Going into 2000. So you were literally putting all the profits right back into the business. We did not take a single dollar out. I mean, we made money out of our businesses that we had prior. So like, it wasn't something that I needed to take money out of this business. We're like, bro, this is, this is the prohibition. To me, like, I've, this is all the movies I was able to watch with my 12 year, you know, the, my brother that was 12 years older than me. And, you know, his interest was this. And I didn't have an interest because my interest was my brother's interest. And, and I just learned, you know, Godfather this and this and, you know, Bruce Lee movies. That's what I was just watching. So that's what I learned. But at the same time, like, now you're implementing this in your world. And that 600 lighter starts to get built out. The second grow was the landlord was a sheriff. This is the third grow on Canoga Park, on Canoga, on, on Canoga Drive, um, 8550 Canoga, I think. That's what it was, if I remember so correctly. You guys make sure you go by there. Pay <laughs> some respect on that because you definitely probably smoked some weed out of that building yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so we started, we got, we, we went to the landlord, we told them what we do, we, we applied for the permits, we applied for all the paperwork, and um, we got the building. We started building it out. While we're building it out, my guys get there early and then they don't turn off the alarm. Alarm goes off because we're not trying to hide. First thing says, dispatch police. And we had it set up as dispatch police. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you, somebody's robbing you, dispatch real, police, yeah. right? Shit gets yeah. real interesting. Yeah, so shit's about to get really interesting, yeah. right? Oh, and, yeah, a lot um, of confusion. And um, I, so I get the call. I tell them, I'm like, I'm like, don't dispatch. It's like, well, it's already dispatched. I'm like, okay, no problem. I'm on my way over there. Let the police know that the owner's on his, the manager's on his way over there. Cause it's a co-op. It's a nonprofit organization. I'm just a man. I'm just an operator of one of the, of, of the facility. I just work here. I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the janitor. You know, uh, so I just work here, but yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's a rough phone call. Yeah, you think you're all right, though. You're like, oh, they're just going to check on me. It's and cool. So I get there. And as I get there, I'm opening the door. Police show up. Excuse me, sir. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I just got here. One of my guys tripped the alarm. They had, they couldn't turn off the alarm. And just before everything goes out of hand, before anything goes crazy, let's put this, please. Do me a favor. This is what my attorney told us. This is what our attorney told us to do. Call head of narcotics division and let them know that this is a fully licensed facility. Here's the license number. Here's this. Here's everything. Here's all the patient list. Before you go forward, calling the army, call the head of narcotics. This and apply all these things to them. And we had this list that the attorney had given us is what you have to do during this time. And we did. And he said, wow. okay, but I have to put you in handcuffs and I have to clear the building. I'm like, no problem. Let's do it. Puts me in handcuffs. Everybody else comes out. Before, no, before he even puts me in handcuffs, because anybody else in there he goes, well, go inside and tell him to come out. I go, no problem, sir. No, you know how to, you could tell by demeanor and the way like you've already used to military I already broke that ice hand where like authority. the uh, like I'm gonna put no. not a hand over authority, sir. Please, I hand over the. This is your house. You handling this, but I've been advised to tell you these things, and you decide on what you how you want to move forward. 
And um, so I get everybody out. All the workers are out. Everybody's out. Puts, us all, puts me in handcuffs only. Everybody's just standing outside, sitting on the border. And he goes in, clears the building, comes back out. He goes, okay, I'm making a call. Calls out of narcotics. About 20 minutes later, I mean, all of Devonshire Department, everybody's just showing up. Their boards are coming through. Like, wait, what? When they come in and then Kush? our attorney's already there. My, my boy's there, suited up with everything out, ready to present. What do you guys want to see? You guys want to see our books? You guys want to see accounting? What do you guys, guys want to see taxes? You guys want to see how much we pay? The fucking standoff. Yo, what up? It's Blackleaf. I'm here at Grow Generation. And guess what? Drip Hydro storming the market. All the best growers I know are switching to it. And guess what? There's a reason. Because it's preserving terps. I keep hearing that. Preserving terps. And that's why we're here with Sunshine. Facility advisor, facility manager. Overall, the man with Drip Hydro. Listen to why it's different, man. What's going on, guys? Sunny here with Drip Hydro. Thing is, at the end of the day, we just wanted to make a simple, clean, cost-effective nutrient line that nobody has really seen on the market right now. Nobody uses really our chelation formulas. Uh, the micronutrients that we have pulled to make this line is really just what makes it overall bringing that consistency and quality back to what we want to see in growing herb again and overall at the end of the day it's still really light on your wallet it's a five-part nutrient line and again if you're not staying sterile or you have a big facility and you don't want to run rock wool and you want to run a mix of cocoa with an enzyme or something you don't even have to run flow with it so at the end of the day it's just saving you money on your wallet while bringing the consistency and the quality of terps back we wanted to bring the terps back and bring the soul back to growing versatility cost effective and quality i mean what else can you ask for drip hydro first smoke of the day black leaf approved peace yo we're right here downtown la at the grow generation where the pros go to grow and if you didn't already know whether you come in store like us or you go shop online growgeneration.com use the code first smoke 10 and they're going to give you a 15 percent off your already discounted price make sure you come check it out come check out the drip hydro and everything else we appreciate you guys and you already know inside yo what's up first smoke family want to take a second to remind you guys we appreciate your support for hopping on the patreon it's patreon.com slash fsotd we got brand new shows that have been hitting they're exclusive to patreon you won't see them anywhere else make sure you get on patreon support the show join the family we got in-person events and much 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 more this is a real community and we show a lot of love and also shout out to dr dabber we got a lot of things we're about to unveil, a lot of things we're about to roll out. Go get you an excess. That's what me and Biggs are smoking on. We're smoking that excess, Dr. Dabber excess, and use code FSOTD for 15% off. DrDabber.com. We appreciate you guys. Peace. It's a fucking standoff. Holy oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> the whole crew it's pulled It's a off. fucking, the, everybody's there. And everybody's just like. Usually it's the opposite. Bro, there's. That's dope that you're able to move Pounds like that. in the dry room. Oh. Okay, pounds in the dry room. This is 2009, early 2009. A lot of pounds in the dry rooms. It's, these are revolving rooms and everything's on schedule every two and a half months. It's popping off, you know? And they're like, all right, you guys are good. I'm like, we're good? They're like, you guys are good. Damn. Thank you. That and early. Then before that they early. said thank you, that's crazy. Before they said thank you, they said, "Do you guys mind if we come and mm -hmm. just tr understand what a legal operation is and train and differentiate from a non-legal operation?" 
my boy said, please, I'll educate you guys. I'll teach you guys on what this is. Mind you, this guy's like, I'm telling you guys, this guy's one of the smartest people I ever met in my life. Like super, just knows how to deliver. Just, he, he doesn't lose composure. Very respectful, super humble brain. They walk away. Two weeks later, they come back. Guys, we would, we would like to do a walkthrough. Walkthroughs. Now we're getting trims. They're like, if you guys ever need any help, if you guys need anything, we'll, we would call them and they would pull up with the police officer during trim days. When we were trimmed till 2, 3 o'clock at night, they would be parked in front of the, the group. Like, yeah. no, no BS. Like, this is, we're, we're legitimately operating and we're claiming everything, all running completely clean. Over and over and over and over and over again. We're just going through all this process. Then we started donating to Police Activity League. Pal program. Now we're more understanding. Okay, now let's actually give back to the communities. Let's not just play this role. Okay, let's, we're not taking money home. We're not taking, we're still <coughs> throwing everything back in there. Now this stuff. Still non-profit. Still non-profit, but we're, we're putting back in. We're paying 100% health insurance. At this point, we got 120 employees. That we're supporting this is 2008, 9, 10, 8, 9, 10. And then 2011 is rolling up that Christmas, you know, like we're just, you know, as we're growing as a company. This is literally legitimately like our vision is we're in a legitimate medical world of we're operating within these guidelines that have given to us. And during those, during that period of time, you know, you saw a lot of people get hit during 2000. I would say by just about 2011 and 2012, during that transition, was, was grabs. And we were one of the guys that got placed in a position of compromise of not really doing their due diligence to really understand who the company was. And we got, we fell between that period where we got raided and everything was taken. I mean, what I mean by taken, 18, one location, had 18, 18 wheelers packaged in three weeks. All equipment. That was the big spot. All equipment. Everything. We, this, is, this is not our money. Like This is money that was invested back into the business that is supporting all these people, paying all these bills, paying all these taxes, and just you see it demolished. You see it. Without even really understanding. Just the stigma that really... Played all these years, right? But that's a price you paid being here. I didn't, we, none of us took it as like, oh, fuck that, fuck them. No, bro. Like, this is something that everybody went through during the prohibition years. The same thing happened between that. It's just understanding like, look, there's one side, state is state, and then there's federal. You got to respect both sides. You just got to understand how to maneuver and how to, it's like when you play Monopoly. Get a get out of jail free card. You hold on to it, right? It's just one of those things. Like if you operated correctly, and we were told by the DA, like you guys are five years ahead of yourself, straight up. Like you guys are just didn't understand. We didn't understand where you guys at. This is an opportunity now. Like the knowledge, all this time that I put in, and now that I know all, then I have this network that I have within this period of time that I've been able to build. Now I can make this even bigger. Now I can go and consult for people and legally operate within this means and not have to worry about 
that I'm doing something that I'm not able to control. If I'm consulting, I'm getting paid for a service that I'm providing and I'm depositing my money and I'm paying my taxes on it and I'm living within my means, I'm good. And I just continuously just kept doing what I did. But within the six months of the raid, there was like four people that I'm already helping build their facilities, retail stores. Retail has now understood that they could start growing weed behind their retail shop. So it's one, two, three, four, five, and I'm building, and I'm building, and I'm building. I'm building a construction team. I'm building a plumbing team. I'm building like all this knowledge that I have now is like I'm able to apply in so many different places. And at this time, my partner went on his mission and learned the other side of the business, more of out of country, like Canada, places where it's more legal, things that he doesn't have to worry about. And he did his thing on that side. And I just kept concentrating on building and help learning how to manage multiple different teams, multiple different ethnicities. And just within a year, I was managing already 2,000 lights between different groups from all the way from San Francisco, all the way down to San Diego. Like I had Russians dealing with Russians, dealing with Armenians, dealing with Russian Jewish people, dealing with just straight Israeli Jewish people, you know, Persian Jews. Like just over everybody that was just kind of like, you know, had a retail shop that want to be able to support themselves, support their own patients. They're like, hey, you have all the knowledge. You have all the knowledge. Come help us out. And putting us in the putting me in the position of now that all these vendors that I've had that were working, I was working with all the shops. Now these guys all I'm consulting for. I'm helping them build their brand. I'm helping them build their cultivation. <laughs> and I'm. At the same time, I'm building my own network. I'm building people that if I ever wanted to build, drop a brand at any given point, because I already know what a brand is. I already have an understanding of a brand. If I ever want to, you got to build an army. You can't build and learn what you want to learn and what you want to be able to do. Again, your limits are your limits. You're your own limits. I don't compete with anybody. I compete with myself. So I set my own limits. So when I set my limits to like, okay, what's next? And then what's next after that? What's next after that? So I just continuously kept on trying to find how I can get to this point the most efficient way, still providing for my family, still building a family, still having children, still raising my children with proper discipline, still being there for them as a dad, as, as a leader, as whatever, whichever direction that I go, you know, is always understanding about balancing my life and understanding where I'm at in the position that I'm in and just keep driving that truck, just keep driving that train. The next thing is the plane, you know, like I just kept seeing where I, where I keep going. And the more I got, the more this, the more work I had, the more I worked. Like I'd work like 16, 17 hour days. I drive from San Bernardino from San Bernardino. I drive to San Diego in one day and come back. I still do the same thing today. I'll drive to Needles, come back, I'll go to Vegas, I'll go to Arizona in one day. And I've done it. It's just, it's never, I don't limit myself to what I'm capable of doing. It's just limiting, I, I, I just drive. I think that's my life. That's what I've been Put given, the gift I've been given. Go. Like, don't fucking waste your gift. Ooh, damn. That's a powerful statement. 
don't look at it as a downside. You made it. You, you took it and ran with it, literally. Don't waste your gift. What you're given is you'll be blessed. I think another thing that doesn't get mentioned enough is that you talking about um, smoking weed helps you with your ADHD. Helps it's, you like, like, like level it out a little bit because you, you go high and you need to level I out I can concentrate. Sometimes. When I'm high, I need something to be able to grab my attention. And then my mind will, you lose, you lose me within two minutes of a conversation unless I smoke weed. What you just said is like, don't, don't limit your strengths. Don't, don't look down on your strengths. Like, and yeah, I like the way you, you frame it like that. Positivity. Because people can take what they're good at and make it a negative somehow, you know, and, and, and just, you know, that self-talk is crazy. The self-talk is critical. I feel like in life and some people get it. And then other people's, I think don't, they're not aware of it. How critical it is that if you say I'm broke, you're broke, you'll be broke. And if you're not, you will be. And it's serious. It's serious shit. You can't even play games with it. If you do, you'll pay. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like it's literally that crazy. So you're, you're, you're now consulting. You got a lot of lights going on. You're going San Diego, San Bernardino, LA, you know, where, where is my it? brother, Eric Shevin calls me. He's like, Hey, one of your old friends wants to talk to you. You're my old friends. He goes, Patrick, the TPG wants to talk to Big you. Pat. <laughs> the TPG Pat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, AKA jungle boys. Pat. I'm like, AKA jungle boys, Pat, the man, the myth, the legend. And honestly, one of the homies, Ivan, I got to give him his props. My dog. The homie, me and him, oh, we shared a lot, of, a lot of stuff and we've learned a lot from each other. That's a G too. He did All his day. thing. He was one of those yeah. guys that was able to take something that he learned from me and I learned from him and just fucking take it and run with it and made a successful, successful brand in a business. Props to the homie and everybody else that's been doing this for, to give everybody their blessings that have paved the way for us and have given us the opportunity to be where we're at today. Straight so up. that's one thing I've always said to everybody I meet, like the Beard Brothers, you know, the Arjan and some of the old homies, bro, like they've always been around and, you know, that burnt, bro, be real, dog. Come on, bro. Like that that, that's that guy that, you know, you grew up and, you know, like you, you, he never walked away. Shavo, bro, like Shavo was doing this shit with 22, 23 years ago, like talking about weed and being taped. Been at a taste festival in Amsterdam with Arjan and, you know, the crew with Arjan's crew and Ar it was Arjan and um, what's the brother's name? Yoa. Yoa. Wow, bro. Homies, bro. Like legends. respect to all those guys, bro. Legends. Like I always, I always, I always tell them every time I see them like, and they always give me props. I'm like, man, I, I give you props, bro. You, you're the reason why I'm here today. You know, thank you. Like. For always real. say that, bro. For real. We always try we to give the pioneers their flowers on the show. Absolutely, 100%. brother. Absolutely, man. That's one thing, and I'm gonna give that for sure. Always at any given time, it's like that one second shot that you always drink toast to the fallen. You know, that's just comes from tradition, and you know, even followed in the military. Just overall, that just it's always part of like the second shot is always for the fallen, always for the brothers, always for the memories and those that we always loved. So, you know, that's one thing that we always, part of this is also the same thing as the second shot is always for the guys that paved the way for us. A lot of people paid their time. A lot of people paid their dues. We all paid our dues. A lot of people paid their dues. Guy, first guy through the door always pays the worst. 
Could you just rewind for one second, though, and talk us through the day that the raid goes down? You get a phone call. You get a how do you you know what I'm saying? If you don't mind, touch it. Okay, because that's got to be one of the most traumatic days. 2011, March 31st. Okay, five o'clock in the morning. I just start getting phone calls. I wake up. Alarm, burglary alarm, burglary alarm. And then boom, I get a shot. Boom, I get another shot. And I'm looking at my cameras. My cameras are going. This is my house. My wife, my nephew. Live in a small 1,600 square foot house in North Hollywood. Nothing crazy, like no crazy cars, like nothing. Just, but I'm thinking I'm getting robbed. Like I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking police. Like police are like, again, like so far we're on, everybody knows what's up. Like we're not hiding. There's no fake nothing. Everything's on business license. Everything is set. Like we're good. Like we're on terms. I'm thinking I'm getting robbed. My first thing is defense, like military, like, dude. But then I start, boom, another one, another one. And then from the window, I peeked. I see the lights. I was like, all right. I just open the door, step out. I'm in my underwear. I'm in my boxers. I step out, put me to the side, like, sir, you have anything in your house that we need to worry about? I'm like, my wife, my nephew. My nephew's living with me at the time. So he's going to college nearby. And, you know, I'm, Anyway, so they just come through your dog. Then help them let me go back inside. Put my dog in the bathroom. So put him where I had a pit bull. So we put the dog away. They went through the house. They took everything out. The stat during this time they sat us in the car. Nobody's talking to us. Nobody's not like it's just all quiet. Like like what the hell's going on? So we sit in the car and they're like, well, how do we get to this station? The guys that were from my station, the guys that were at my house, they were from LA. So like, how do we get to Canoga Park? I'm like, well. I took them by the back, <laughs> the 210 freeway so they could drive by Canoga, the, the facility. I'm trying to see what's going on, bro. You know what I mean? So they're driving by and I'm just seeing the same thing happening at, so I saw one happening at, what was happening at North Hollywood and then North Hills was getting hit. Canoga Park was getting hit. All four locations were getting hit at the same time. And, um. Rough day. Rough day. Yeah. Super rough day. But. We don't, we still like, we're, we're still confused. Like why? Like there's, we're not, it's not like we're doing something on, everybody knows what we're doing. Everybody, like literally everybody knows what we're doing. Cop, everybody knows what we're doing. We would have police literally sit outside during trim days just to make sure that we don't get, we're, the only thing we're worried about, we're getting robbed. So coming in they took us to they took us to canoga park station devonshire division we stayed there it was me my wife my partner his wife and my cousin which was at the location and his girl at the time well his girl had no they didn't take his girl but they took they, they grabbed him and we went inside nobody talked to us and then just released us at 10 a.m and then the federal dropped the state state picked up and state said guys are good we're going to go through this process we want to just make sure that everything's kosher everything's good and they went through all the process we did forensic accounting everything was accounted for all the taxes all the money literally two weeks after the raid we were at the police gala police activity league we're the platinum donors our name our company name and I'll share the picture. I'll share the mag. I'll share the book with you guys. It says Green Healing, 
right down the center, you got Lakers, Wells Fargo Bank, like all these different <laughs> branches of different things. And you're like, you got this company called Green Healing Platinum Donors. You know what I mean? So that's where we're at. And we're there. And just, I learned one thing from all that is just like what we were pushing, what we were trying, what we thought that we were, was okay was not even understood yet was not even able to be controlled yet. So to me, it was just simple to go to consulting. And met Pat that day when Eric Shevin called me. Eric said, hey, Pat wants to meet up with you. It was him and Brandon from Originals. We, we go down and I'm like, I'm, I'm in the valley. He's like, well, they're at my office. Come on. We go to the office, right downstairs, right by there. There's like this burger joint right on the outside. I don't know if you guys know which one I'm talking about. I've been there. About. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shevin was our first attorney. So sit down and talk to Pat and Brandon. They're like, hey, we, wanted, we want you to come over and build our cultivation department. We, you know, we have a room that we named after you because P had, Pat and his other partner, Gus, and those guys had been at the facility before, at our facilities, and had seen it. And they had tried to mimic exactly same thing what I had built, and they had called it the Armo Room. <laughs> and um, so, but they needed someone to know how to operate the Armo Room because that's the Armo that designed it. Yeah, <laughs> you know better I mean? than an Armenian. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you know, we sat there, we made a deal, and which we all said, I said, I look, I'm like anything I do, I want to get paid for my services, and whatever I build at the end. I want to own a piece of the company and whatever I touch, I want 20%, 25% at the time. And then we made a deal on, we made a deal on 25%. We shook our hands, made a deal throughout the years, obviously understanding like, you know, it's either exclusivity or where your performance is with performance, with the time, with non-exclusivity, we made a, we ended up settling on 20% of the company, but obviously that's a handshake deal. So it needs to be respected. A lot of us respected me and Brandon Originals. We had our relationship. I've helped them build their whole cultivation department. I was building their whole cultivation department. I mean, same thing, like our history just never stopped. We just kept going. Like, you know, I, was, I had the Cure Company that I built with Pat. I had the Originals that I built with Brandon. I had worked with my boy from Traditionals, Aaron, you know, like all these guys. Like, you know, I'm working with Dr. Green Thumbs and the Silmar guys and the Cookies guys. and see junkie, you know, like with them blessing me with some of the strains that I'm growing today. Like, you know, like there's just, I'm building my network. This is just overwhelming. Cause it's like all these guys just want to work and just, bro, this is we that's bringing everybody together. Like, it's cool. Like this is, you know, it's a movement. It's something that if you do it properly and you have the right mindset, you do good business, you're going to do good business. You're going to be around. You're not going to go anywhere. It's when you start doing bad business is when you start being, you know, pushed out or like no people don't want to do business with you. Because one bad deal is going to always going to continuously be a bad deal with everywhere else you go because you're going to continuously chase yourself. It's easier to do a good deal and it's going to last longer. Might be not as fruitful as you think today, but it's definitely going to be fruitful tomorrow. That is definitely important the to think about. everlasting. Absolutely. And it gets bigger and more plentiful definitely down the line yeah the people that the the people that 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 spoil that <laughs> shit right away they never find out they'll never know they'll never know 
They'll never know how sweet it is. Shit's always going to float it's gonna up, It's going to be bro. sour every time, <laughs> they, I mean? every time they take a taste. It's going to be sour. Just how it is. Karma. You, the energy you give you get. is the energy you get. Ooh. Oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. So network's building like crazy too by the way i mean these are some oh. these are some big big players well, top that, five I mean, brands in the industry yeah. top five operators in and california we're, we're talking at, at a time where things were fruitful things were plentiful very and they you know the demand was i'm sure insane and what, what's it like knocking down these crops and everything's just like so from there you guys handshake did the handshake deal and then what it was just go get the building go time bro like pad pad's like all right you Go do what you know how to do. Is start building. I kept building, been getting these facilities up, getting the facilities running, managing the facilities, building the teams around it. You know, I love like and at the same time because P is also part of Originals. He's also part of Jungle Boy, and the Cure Company was me and him, and the team at the Cure Company as well. But at the same time, like I have my thing with the Originals as well, but. We're building all simultaneously. And at the same time, I still got my Valley Boys. I still got the Russians. Still got, you know, like I'm just literally just got my hands in every jar, but, but I'm building things with these guys and I'm taking, and again, like I could have just built my own another thousand ladder and just be good, right? But you can't build something and learn the amount of knowledge that I got, the sacrifice that I made by collecting a small fee for my services, but the education that I got is priceless today. Something that I know how to do is manage 10,000 lights, which I'm managing 10,000 lights all across the nation from my office in downtown Los Angeles is the education that I paid for, the sacrifices, the knowledge that I was able to put, the knowledge that I want them, that, you know, everybody just like, one thing that my mom always said, Kremlin wasn't built overnight. You got to put in the time. You got to get your feet wet. Anything you do, you got to learn. You got to know every single screw that goes inside that building. There's a purpose for every single thing that goes inside that building. From operators to laborers. And if I can't do the same thing that my low-level labor guy that's going to do, then he shouldn't do it. And I have to give him a training. I have to give my guy, my team leaders, my colonels, my lieutenants, my sergeants, my team leaders, my corporals, my lance corporals. It's the same breakdown as the military that it's operating under. I'm not making this shit up. And same thing, the trust that I give them, the trust that I get back from them to lead them into a place of success. I give them a path. When I hire someone, I don't tell them, look, your success is your performance. Here's your path. I'll find a path for you. Sometimes this path might not work for you, but there's always a separate path that we can take to keep you as long as your performance is there. And this might not be your path. I always find a path for that person to be part of that company. We had this one operator, Jumani at Steezy. And I'm a little, jumping a little ahead, but, you know, we're talking about operators and we're talking about caring for people and we're talking about finding the right place and not letting your people fail. As a leader, my job is to make sure that my team, when I put this person in charge of something, that I'm putting him in a position that he's going to be successful. 
If he fails, it's my failure. It's not his failure. It's because I did, was not able, smart enough to understand that this is not something that he's able to handle. Maybe this is what he needs to do. Maybe I didn't give him the right training. So it always falls on the leaders. When, people, when soldiers fail, it, it's always on the back end. So vice versa. Through learning, through experiences, through this guy, just I'm watching this guy and just, he's not happy, bro. Like he's a great worker, hard worker. He's not happy. I mean, Jumani, what can I do for you, bro? Like, you know, I'm asking the guys around him that he's talking to, you know, like people might not want to feel comfortable to talk to me. Like, okay, that's the boss or whatever. You know, this is the guy who he is. And let me see what's up. And, you know, I'm asking around, like, he's just, this is not his thing, you know? Like, well, well public relations, that's just, that's the type of person he is from talking to people, understanding who he is, talking to him, learning, bro, he's happy. Happy as hell. Every time I see him, Sean, what's up, my man? Hey, Sean. Hey, bro. Hey, hey. It's, you know, you, you, put you put a person in a position where he's going to be successful at and be happy at. And by you even seeing that before that happens, before he even gets to a point where like he's, not, he's super unhappy, he even becomes more loyal to you because he appreciates you caring enough to make that change for him, to care for him to make that change. And that's how you got to appreciate every person that you work around. When you do that, when you appreciate them, like I won't go to I won't go to sleep if my guys don't get paid. I just I don't feel I, I don't feel good in my skin because like how can I sleep when my guys can't get say get something that they need in their life? I've always had that mentality because when you show that care, the loyalty is always going to be there. And obviously, you're going to get some bad apples. You're going to get through it. That's natural, and you get through it. Moving forward. Building out and continuously just learning how to build, dealing with HVACs, dealing with different types of HVACs, go from a 5-ton to a 10-ton to a 15-ton package unit, refrigeration unit, 25-ton, 30-ton, understanding how all this works. Because you're failing. Because you don't know. They don't know. The engineers don't have any idea what's going on. The engineers are like, well, the theory says, you know, if you got this much air... This much size room, you only need five tons. I got this much heat coming out of those lights. What about that? Okay, you need a 10 ton. Are you sure? Calculation, you know, you learn through R&D. Well, nope, I need five 10 tons. Or I need two 10 tons. I need this, I need that. There's humidity, dehumidification. Now, I know, like, and then coming down to today, I've talked to every single HVAC company out there, to all their engineering department. I've toured their facilities, some of the biggest in the industry. And I've learned that when these guys, these engineers design something, these mechanical engineers design something, they design as a regular application. They don't calculate, well, I have 100 plants in here. At certain times, they produce more moisture because I'm watering. They precipitate. So you just, overall, throughout all these different operations, different managing different groups, you just, I end up learning on how to put everything from A through Z. Like if I open up a facility, if I have a mom house, how many cuts can I cut out of this many square feet? And then how do I multiply that? How do I manage that? How many people do I put in there? Every single person that walks into our facility has a task every single day, two years out. If that facility is operating on that schedule, 
and schedule only shifts in weeks. So if I fail a week here, I move forward. Every, everything just shifts over. But that person knows exactly on day one or day 55 is what he's doing that day. And this is the amount of time that's given to them to do that. If I can delete a week three plant, a whole row of 20 plants, let's say, within two minutes, I'm giving you eight minutes to delete it in. This is your timing. There's how many plants in this room. There's how many minutes it should take you to delete this room. And if that, then I'll multiply that with three people. There's how much time it should take you guys. You guys should be able to do three rooms today. So everything is scheduled, preset. When we go on patrols, we go on missions, when we go on strikes, we go on raids in the military, we were taught, we were trained, we practiced, we practiced, we practiced. Where if it was lights on or lights off, we knew exactly what move to make at any given point. And if there was a variable, we reacted to it. Same thing with this is. You get thrown in a lot of variables. You just know how to react to it. So you make specific, throughout the experience that I've had with so many different farms, allowed me to make the changes that I know, like the, how do I fix this? What would Sean do, my guys call it, is this. And it's what's implemented. So it's all in SOPs. Everything's controlled through headquarters, through my facilities, which leads us to this point where about 2019, transferring over from building the Cure Company and, you know, Having my separation with the originals, originals brothers did me right. I had started a brand between this time called 22 Red with Shavo from System of a Down. My homie grew up with the guy, known him, been to all their concerts. I love them. One of the best rock bands in the world. And they owned their, they owned their years. Between those 90s and 2000s, they owned those years. They were the number one rock band during that time. You know what I mean? That, you know, that's, that's another network that I build. That's another friendship that I build. He came, wanted to build a brand, lifestyle brand, clothing. You know, one thing led to another, like, hey, what about cannabis? I'm a cannabis connoisseur, picking up, you know, and it's like, oh my God, dude, you really doing this? And so we build this crazy brand together, lifestyle brand, high end brand. And I'm transitioning from going to understanding, like, you know, 2018 is rolling by and we got. recreational amazing times right everything just becomes a lot easier now to do more business coming in more things coming in is what led me towards meeting the guys from steezy the partners from steezy and bringing me to that point where steezy comes in is you got this brand that just came out of nowhere 2017 went in every store for real and it just came, bam, like, like, Steezy. And then you just, Talk all you heard was Steezy. Yep. Every show you went was Steezy. You know, it was like, there was other brands out there, but like, you weren't being, there weren't, this wasn't even in communications. Like, Steezy just became everybody's brand. I started carrying a Steezy pen. Everybody, like, everybody in the shop, just like, even we were pot, like, you know, we were flower smokers. Mm -hmm. Everybody's carrying Steezy pens. So, 2018 recreational passes. So 2018 recreational passes, obviously things start getting a lot easier for you to digest and even understand like, okay, now we can do more. I can do more. So I can continuously keep growing outside of 
California now. I could go to different states. So I, you know, my consulting itself, my consulting business as myself just kept, I kept growing and understanding that, okay, I had to, you know, I had different clients that I had to throughout my time with multiple clients that I had through the, from 2011 all the way to 2018, you know, some guys that I, you know, I outgrew or, you know, it was already time for me to leave because, you know, just, we, we were already broken bread, you know, everything was great. It's been good. You guys, blessings, you know, enjoy, continue doing what you're doing. And I just kept going down the line and just kept going down the ladder and just keep climbing up and just keep trying to build my team and to build, build the network that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out to build. So within the, once recreational happened with the regionals, I either had to make a decision on, okay, this is where I'm going to stay. And this is going to be part of my team. This is going to be part of what I'm doing, or I'm going to continuously do and build my growth and learn more about this industry, learn more on how to scale, be a multi-state operator. Being, you know, trying to be a multi-state operator, you know, there's only so much that you can do locally. So I had already accomplished a lot being in California, being in Los Angeles. Building what I've built, it was, a t it was a, I had to make a decision on what I'm, how far do I want to go. And during this transition, you know, I had Dr. Green Thumb Silmar that approached me to like, hey, we need you to come take over the cultivations out here. We need you to make, you know, get, get us permits. We need to get us permitted. And can you please build us out some cultivations that we could run for our facilities? You know, at the same time, I'm building Seed Junkies facility out in Canoga Park, out in, um, I think it's on Canoga or one of the streets out in the valley over there in the back, um, you know, building an understanding tissue culture. So now I have experience like with tissue culture. I have experience with cultivation. I have experience with build out. So I'm just continuously now keep expanding with everybody because now everybody's like just a lot more comfortable on spending and it's recreational. So business is just booming. And it was 2019 when <coughs> I got introduced to the team to the partners today from Steezy. And, you know, we had our meeting and they said, Hey, you know, we have, you know, their Steezy was known for their vapes. Steezy was known for the brand, the lifestyle brand, the clothing, you know, the vibes that they brought, the retail that they were doing. And, um, we went and had a meeting. They're like, we want to start a cultivation department during the cultivation, you know, start during these talks. They came checked out some of my spots that I already have. I, they came checked out an R&D spot that I built in 2015. I was one of the first guys in LA that, I was the first guy in LA that introduced everybody to DPS. I was one of the first jobs in LA that DPS had installed. Raul, I was one of the first jobs that Raul installed. Like these are all homies that I've like, this is the teams that I'm talking about, the network, like the guys that are, everybody's using today. These are guys that have built and made money with. and we. Broke, broke, broke bread with and we've grown and we've built over like I built I mean over millions of square feet of space in like in California just alone like and not internally not personally owned myself some I was partners some some's I'm partners in some's I'm not but you know trans being coming off of this and then meeting someone like you know and then meeting the homies from Steezy and the partners from Steezy was more like these guys have done something crazy. Like, you know, it's, it's more exciting for you now. Like, it's not just, okay, this is my job. 
no, like you guys built something cool. Like I want to see what this is. Like, fuck yeah, I'm taking this meeting. You know, and I've, uh, there's a term, you know, my boy Shavin would hit me up. There's a bunch of people that would always like, hey, this guy's want to meet you. This guy when I'm like, I'm cool. I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm all right. But then like someone like Steezy hits you up and then you're like, cool. Let me, like, I'm, I'm, I want to see like who these guys are. Just like when, you know, we're talking about like first smoke of the day, like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's, you know, you guys have done something so cool and so dope that's growing so fast. And it's so, you know, like being part of it, like, it's also something that I'm excited about, you know? So same thing. I was excited about meeting the homies from Steezy and I had met him a few times in the past before, like through running, being the shows and, you know, knowing, knowing the same community, being in the same community. Sad. We had a meeting that said, we want to build a cultivation department. So that's when I came in, you know, and we worked out a consulting deal and I started, I started, I took over their first cultivation. I started, I took over the cultivation. I did my changes I brought in whatever I needed to bring in and I started hitting the numbers that I always promised that I'm going to hit, which is over three pounds a light. I've, that's been always my guarantees. I've never lied about those numbers. Every person that I've ever worked out there with has known and has made and lived and built their brands based off of those numbers and even gone investors based off of those numbers because I've been able to establish a specific SOP that I could manage and control my cultivations with my teams behind it and with a specific SOP on no matter what, I guarantee you a specific number based off of this design. So per design, I could guarantee you a specific number. Do you give like a ramping up period? Like, hey, it's going to take us two rounds, then we'll be here. No, one r- it's first round, first three round pounds has got to hit three pounds of light. Every facility I open up, if I don't get the first round, because I start the facility and I set the tone. My first room sets the tone. They're not going to catch up to my room, but they're going to be very close to it. And it's going to be still the number that I promised. The first one is when, I, when I'm on it and I'm training my local facility operators that this is your daily routine. This is from cone. This is from setup. This is from moving, going from here to here. That's what I set up. So I set the tone for the facility. And then the guys come in and take over. So you meet Stizzy, you guys start to work out a deal that makes sense for consulting and launching their cultivation. Yes. Where does it go from there? Because that's a huge operation to once, take on. Once the guys saw the capabilities of what I did with that facility, because that facility that they had, which was a 700 lighter at the time, the facility that, that was there, a couple of different operators came through there and did not have a very good chance of making it out. So- once we saw what, once they, once the team saw performance base, right? It's always performance base. Once they saw my performance and they saw what I was capable of doing from a facility without much changes, that's when the conversation were like, and we became friends, understood. Like I saw their vibes. Like these are, this is the first time I'm seeing another group of people that are on my mind mindset. These are legacy operators. These are guys that are just grind all day. Like they come from the same place where I come from, you know, growing up in a one bedroom apartment, working at. McDonald's sell, like I said, selling, don't, you know, like just making, you know, just continuously like hustling and trying to make your way, make your ends meet. And it's the same. And they've built something so tremendous that I want to be part of this team. This is a, some, this is a team that I want to be part of. When I met, when I met up with the guys from Steezy and with the facilities we started running and the facility that I took over as I took over and as I started making specific changes to the SOPs, 
every room that I took over started hitting the numbers that I guaranteed that I'm going to hit. If I don't hit those numbers, I don't get paid for my services. That's how I always, nobody's ever argued with my deals is because I guaranteed my work. With every single operator I've ever operated, with every single brand that I've mentioned, if I didn't guarantee those numbers, I didn't work. And every single one of those guys will tell you guys that I've hit those numbers. My numbers don't just come out of the air. Oh, this guy's talking smack, whatever. This guy just, I guarantee my numbers. And I'm open book. You come check out my, it's all, it's all on metric. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't fake claiming on metric. You know what I mean? So I set precedent when I set up a facility and I, and I walk it through its process and I train people throughout as I'm going and throughout my cycle as growing and growing and learning and teaching and growing with people, I've kept certain people around me that I've brought up with me and have or made careers for themselves, have bought their houses off of, you know, what, we've, what I've been able to teach them and what they've been able to carry with me and grow with me and help me develop more SOPs and be part of this journey that I'm on. And we set, I set precedent and I bring them on and then they take over the facility and then they manage the facility and I visit them once or twice a week. The first initial startup, the first six months, I'm there three times a week. Like our, my facility in Needles, when I, you know, when I put that together, like in a year and a half, a whole development, you know, I was there, I would drive or I would fly Vegas, drive into Needles, handle my business, come back the same day, handle my business here, go back over there. So same thing. I just kept bouncing around, bouncing around and taking on more responsibilities, showing showing my performance, what I'm, my worth of what I'm worth and creating a relationship, showing that a team, another team that's been showing their worth and they're putting in their time, their efforts, all their hard earned money, like in back into the business. Like this is, this is just all different people coming from different sides of the industry and different experiences. One with vapes, one with oils, one with distribution, one with retail, you know, one with vision, like being able to structure the company correctly. And then you come together and you meet another group of guys that just think like you, bro. Like they're, they are you, bro. Like they're, they're people that you look in straight in their face and you're like, bro, that's the same mindset that I got. But like, they ain't fucking taking time away for, from being here. I'm not taking time away. So this is, a, this is a fruitful relationship. This is something that I could be exclusive to this is something that i could be part of and still bring people still have people that have grown up with me have built with me be part of this too because the team that they took me like obviously i had to put earn my position i you know it's everything's performable like i could I, I could be some some guy just talking all kinds of shit i can do this i can do that but proof is in the pudding right when i prove something i can do it then i can speak for on behalf of this person and have him come on board then there's another one that comes on board. Then there's another one. And then they grow within the company. They move to different departments now because they're handling different things because they were able to bring so much to the business because of the way we learned and the way that we educated ourselves and the way we maneuver, we talk each other. We run a real legitimate business and it's something that's just been really passion. My passion is to be part of something that I can grow even further than what that person's grown. And the same thing for that person do it for me like a lot of like the guy that you know like is kind of like my man like my guy that i communicate with within steezy the one of the partners like that's one guy that you know like knows how to 
also implement me in specific like go and it's done hey yo can i do this whatever hey can i design i'm a design i just designed something like what is it oh it's the new airflow system when did you design that last night at 3 a.m like okay it's one of those i'm like yeah you know like the like things that just just pops in my head and like just put together and like make it work because i'm taking away the headache from the employee if i can make this more efficient and done delivered to that guy giving them the right tools to operate and have him be successful and have him be manned like when we used to go on ships when we used to go on deployments we used to man our positions so it's the same thing you man your position you come into that facility you know what that task is that day and you're going to handle that task and that and it's going to be given plenty amount of time for you to complete that task and be successful at it because and make sure you have all the tools that you need to be successful at it. That's just one of those things that I saw and I kind of grew to and I, I was able to capture and build and build a, I mean, the amount of places that we're putting together, that the control, the growth, it's just incredible. Like it's a, it's a journey. It's a real good journey with a lot of good people on, on, on the train. It sounds like a real train, a real force. And like you said, like, I felt like Stizzy just kind of popped up on the scene, you know, and just swarmed everything. You just started seeing the products everywhere. You started seeing the, you know, marketing materials, the media. And like you said, it's a lifestyle brand. So it's dope that you've been able to build and you're on a performance based contract, essentially. And you got to perform. Otherwise, you're not getting paid. So it's a way to, I mean, it well, that like was, that's how it all started. That's how it started. Got it. So that's how it started. It was performance-based. And within six months of being together, we really understood like what we all represent and who we all are internally and with what we're going to bring to the table. That's when all the guys, all the partners approached and said, hey, we would like for you to be part of the company. want to make you a partner and, you know, Obviously, I still have to earn what was given, and it's been given, and it's been earned. And I got to say, we're in, it's a happy place. And it's a crazy, still a crazy journey that's coming together, and we don't, we're just not stopping. It's, everybody's, I, 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 don't, I don't see them. We don't talk to each other. We talk to each other over the phone, meaning, but like, we spend very little bit amount of time because everybody's just dedicated to their role. This is your position. This is what you're doing. This is what you have to do to make sure that we get to this point. What are we worth today? What are we going to be worth tomorrow? Let's keep going. Let's keep climbing that ladder. Let's not stop. Let's all concentrate. Let's build something that nobody's ever built before. We are the pioneers of this industry, guys. Like, you guys are building something that nobody's done before in here. And nobody's ever going to be, everybody else that does anything remotely close to it, is going to be the guy, oh, the copy and the homies, you <laughs> know, like, get out of here. <laughs> forget about it. It's for Daisy, you know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, we, we're all playing a role. Like, there's a lot of guys in this industry that have played a big role, and, you know, we're going to continuously play that role to build something that's never been built before. What's dope is your situation, like, it worked out. You did your part, they did their part, and it's still going. Like, that is rare. If you ask me, especially in this industry, 
It's been rare. Been rare. <laughs> Very track, rare. The, the, his track record of it has been, from stories I've heard, way more deal gone bad than deal gone right. To this day, I mean, actively. Day, but you know, it, it's the, you hear new shit every week. You're like, whoa, whoa. whoa. I mean, it's, and it's gonna and get it's people that you thought were, and it's gonna get worse. It is. These times is when you know who stands behind you and who doesn't stand behind you. Look, I've throughout my his throughout my growth in this industry, I made a lot of friends. I'm still friends with everybody. I mentioned Pat. I mentioned Brandon. I mentioned Ivan. You know, Armin Satellite. I've mentioned Kenji Furial. There's Sea Junkie, JBZ, like a lot, Wizard of Allen, Wizard of Obs. Like I've made relationships that are going to last forever. And these are times where like, if I can extend from the operation that I've built, that it's operating because I'm lucky enough or I'm, you know, I was blessed and we're in the situation to be where we're at and we're able to, com you know, compete with whatever's going on and able to withstand. I give love and I bring, you know, I help people with their journey like if i'm buying cuts from seed junkie then you know what hey bro i can afford to give this much business outside of my business and give you some bread break bread with you break bread with you with the hydro stores some hydro stores look i work direct with a lot of the companies but i still give love to the hydro stores because they were there when i needed them to be there they've given me the first credit they've helped me grow my business i've helped them to grow their business so as long as there's common respect that we've talked about, common courtesy, like just having the fact that you want to do good business with people, it's going to always be successful. When you start playing little games and you start trying to add, throw little seeds and like grow bad cannabis is when you're going to fucking hit the wall. And then me being through a lot of it myself with a lot of people, you know, there's been some guys that I've seen from on the side that I've done business with that I've seen them treat other people bad and I've not cut my ties with them, but I just don't go beyond the fact that, okay, you want services here. I'll do this for you. This is all I can do for you. You're not part of my journey, but obviously we've met, but I will give you this much that I can and I'll be bless you with it. This is the service fee for this. God bless you. Continue doing what you're doing, but I just don't want to put myself in a position of, compromise of like if i do it i already know what's out there with you i just don't want to ever have some sort of doubt or you know have my guards up with you all the time then you know your mind starts playing games starts playing mind tricks with yourself and then you like you start thinking about things that's not even really there and then you, you know something becomes nothing and nothing becomes really something big so i always removed myself out of situations that i didn't want to be in and i've learned a lot from watching and learning with other people and seeing what's happening with other people within their own relationships some really close friendships i've seen lost bro in this industry which is the really sad because same time that we fought for this to be us and you know support and whatever we can and whatever we can do for each other and it's always been about that like there's been farmers out you know humboldt and all those different areas that were always looked out for a lot of people down on the down the side of the mountain, down the mountain, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of that was taken on by, in every business, there's bad business. In every business, there's bad business. Just as, not, as long as you acknowledge it and just understand how to trust your gut when you see something, 
say something to yourself, but like, that doesn't make sense. That's not cool. When you know how to do that, because you're clear with yourself, when you look at yourself in the mirror every day, and you're happy with the fuck you're looking at, you'd be able to spot that out right away. And you know, if that's not right, you know, he ain't going to be right. That's it. That's just been the way all my life I've been looking at things. What would be the key for finding a, a, the right business partners? What do you look for? Is it family at first? Is it honesty, dedication? Honesty, and then you look at people around him, how, he's, how his employees treat him, mm. how people around him look at him when he walks by, how people treat him around, and then you start looking into the family that he has. How is he with his family? How dedicated he is to his family? Then you know he'll be dedicated to the partnership that we have because he knows he understands dedication, he understands commitment, and that is a very big thing about partnership is understanding, finding the people that actually are committed to the same goal that you're committed to, the same vision that you have, and they have they share the same vision in their way, but you give them their respect, their space to do what they're good at, and I'm not over and I'm not overstepping. Then I'm not stepping on their shoes. You're not stepping on my shoes. We all play a specific role in our ride to this journey where we're going to, you know? Absolutely. So where does it go That's now? real game right there. Yeah, it is. Up. I took notes right there. <laughs> oh, dude. Half the combos we've had, I've had to sit and marinate after you say something. I literally have to sit and think about it. I'm like, wow, yeah, okay, yep, exactly. You know, it's, it's a deep thought. So you build this partnership with Stizzy. Yes. It's going well. You guys are four years strong? Four years strong. And now what's happening? Coming up on 50,000 likes, 45,000 likes. Billion dollar evaluation. Whoa. With a B. With the B. Big B. Again, that's beyond me. I don't get involved in those numbers. I do, I deal with my numbers. My job is one thing with that is when you start talking about numbers like that, I don't let that be my cap like one b where there's one b there's three where there's three there's six where there's six there's 12 to me that's that like i don't put a number to what we've done to this point i feel like our journey's just begun and this is the time where it separates the strong that are going to survive and people that have been on this journey that are going to be part of this journey and come together in a way of like just growth. I think as soon as you put a number evaluation number, your mind stops. Cause when you say B, you're like, it's a fucking shit ton of money. That's nowhere near like what you really are because what are we really worth? I don't think your worth is really measured at this point because you're still not federally legal. Let's capture that obstacle, that one big obstacle that's really, really, really matters. And then I think the rest of it will fall in place. I think right now is just time about setting yourself aside, looking, you know, having your blinders on and just continuously build what you're building and i'd love to take you guys on this journey with me one day like if, you know we go out to these tours and i'll show you guys the development of the growth like 
how it all started with single level giant plants to this style to this style and i could show you like in different grows as i have through some r&ds and where we're at today to double deckers triple deckers and it's just literally all automation and specific type of employment and work and how it's and how it all presents itself what is that really worth when you're feeding all these families where all these people really are following that something that you've created that's something that my mom would be happy about something my dad would be happy about i think i honestly to me that valuation comes from there and i'm gonna that's just how i was raised where i come from that's where my value stands the money situation that's my kids that's that's not even my money anymore you know my salary is my money everything else god willing whatever i make if you know blessed that'll go to my children and that's something that's going to stay with them and that's something that's going to hopefully help them in their future journey but my journey is like the amount of people that i'm able to feed and the blessings that i get every day three years ago i had a concussion bad one snowboarding i'm a been a crazy snowboarder i've been snowboarding all my life took a really bad fall cracked my helmet my helmet it's a honeycomb helmet smith exploded nine hours no re recollection what's going on hospital cat scans no idea what's going on until i just wake up posted thank you smith you saved my life you know this helmet saved my life this time that's my that's the way my, my brain operates then i started getting hit up like from all these attorneys from all these firms and crazy firms hit me up to like got a lawsuit this somebody can't do this this is can't do that you have all the reports you have this i'm like bro god already blessed me with something so beautiful that i can't bless me with another life now you want me to go sue someone energy you give out is you're gonna get back it's there's nothing beyond that that's why like evaluations to me like just it's just a number you play with you put in a value on something that's could be so many different things tomorrow because what ha what happens tomorrow nobody knows but value of what you can create and what you can build and have the support of that peep of the people that you're with and your feet and you're helping them feed themselves and feed their families god forbid something happens tomorrow i always have someone that i could always rely on i always got an army i still got that army that's the that's the journey i think that through life and through different trials that i've been through has brought me to the point like every time that i've been in something negative and something bad i've overcame it because of the, all the energy and all the good energy that i've given back to the to the world i think it's always and people always say like you're lucky i'm like is it really Bless. luck Bless. is it really luck is what if what about the other side i don't look at when i meet somebody i don't look at them as like like this it's always yeah, this that's a fact you prove me wrong show me otherwise that's what i'm going to give you this is what you're going to get from me people lost me as a friend they lost a fucking friend <laughs> like you've lost a friend you ain't lost nothing else like i ain't lose nothing you lost a friend because I give you fucking hundred and fucking twenty percent, ninety nine percent of my time. Damn. Straight up, straight heart.
Man, what's some advice for some young hustlers, young people trying to maybe either whether they're trying to get in their game or like find their passion, find their purpose? Because like you, you went through a lot of different things to like end up on this, and then you're like, this is this is what this is mine. This is what I'm, I'm gonna, gonna claim. I'm gonna claim this. One thing I do recommend to all youngsters growing up or hustlers growing up: some are young, some are grown. Read one book, Extreme Ownership. That'll teach you how to. Understand that, stop making excuses for everything that goes wrong, but instead of being a lesson and make it right. The other thing is set a goal for yourself. Once you have a goal and you set a goal, you have to absolutely understand what it takes to achieve that goal. There's two things that you have to, no matter what you do, there's two things that are Part of that train is consistency. You have a goal, you have a dream, you have to be consistent, disciplined enough to be consistent to get, achieve this dream that you're trying to achieve, trying to reach and trying to get, but you have to be so committed to, but you have to still have discipline to be committed. You have to be disciplined enough to reach your goal. You have to work hard nonstop and not let any negativity break you or any negative situation like fuck man this shit just it's everything's against me it's not you're against yourself there's nothing in the world out there that can stop i i've been through a lot of shit in my life been, i've seen the worst i've seen people die from hunger and i've seen the great side of things every single time every single fall has been my mistake because I overcompensated or I overthought or I assumed that something I was doing was okay. Like every, every single time, it doesn't matter what it was, fault or not, I assumed that that person's going to do exactly what they were going to do. No, it's my fault that that happened. Own it, take it, learn from it, and trust me, you'll succeed at everything you do. Like you said, extreme ownership. That is that. That's David Goggins. That's yeah. Leif. Um, that's Jacko Willing and Leif Babin. Uh, Navy Seals. I fuck with Jacko. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. it. Damn. Yeah. He's he's no joke. He's no joke about it. And for he's ADHD like the real Rambo. and for ADHD people like me, like I'm. I mean, like my mind. Just, you need extreme. Bro, get the audio book. Shit works. <laughs> I mean, everybody, like, honestly, like, I just listen to audiobooks all day now. Yeah. Like, it's nonstop. Like, than, you know, yeah. that and podcasts, it's like, podcast like definitely. Over when the I'm, that's my needle strip. Because, like, growing up, your parents, they just, like, throw on the radio. That's pretty, like, what, what, like, talk radio? Yeah. That was all there really was. See, that's all you really, growing up, that's all you really listened to. But now we're older and it's like all these options. Yeah. You can really, like, anything. You can really, in a matter of a couple weeks, tune your thoughts up by taking in some good information so truly truly like if you're if if you're brought if you think outside the box you could really broaden your mind what's out there quickly yeah very quickly and there's and so there's many a lot to learn so much to learn it's crazy i tell i teach that to my kids every day. i'm like if the day every day every second you do for you guys especially i go for us i go you're a lot smarter than i was at your age the shit, you know, I didn't know. 
<laughs> I still don't up. know some shit. You know what I'm up. saying? Straight They're up. still teaching you every There's, day. Yeah. They teach you how to use technology. It's trippy how kids will be like, no, this is how you, and you're like, pick up stuff like it's and you we it, looked at our you know it's parents and shit like for me that. it was a pager and then it had colors like oh shit check this out and then we used to look at this like i got the pager in the house what's up and i'm looking at my can't even tell the number from back that far you know but that's it was just or the era or like the 90s like the early 90s late 90s was different big time yeah where does sean stizzy go from here global we don't stop. The grind don't stop. The grind's not going to stop. You guys going to see this all the way through. I mean, a lot of the guys that are with me, honestly, like their mindset is in this is their last career choice. This is where they're going to retire from. This is where they're going to have their retirement from. Every single executive member that is putting in their sweat has options and shares like Steezy is really doing a fucking legitimate fucking thing out there, bro. He's really giving people the worth their that the time that they're putting in and on paper. Like there's no like handshakes, you know, you know, is this guy really gonna take care of me? Look, he's fucking this guy's fucking that guy. He ain't gonna take care of me. And then after all these years that he dangled the carry in front of you, you know, now you're like out there like, fuck. Mm -hmm. I just lost fucking five years of my life and this guy don't fucking give me nothing that I could take but home to you know what I'm saying? No more handshake deals. Those days are over. It's over. Then you got a company like Steezy that's really, really supporting the growth. Like I tell my I tell my partners, I'm like, yo, I got this homie. I think it's time, you know, we're growing. And as we grow, like I bring on more players that come from that side of like 10, 15 year operators, bro, that have been around Legacy. me. Like Legacy operators, should, bro. And I'm taking and them on the train and I'm like, yo, let's put it out, bro. Let's come on. Like you can and but you know, there's only one general. This shit works one way. But you're part of this train and they know it. They're appreciated, they're respected, and and one by one by one, they're jumping on board, bro. They're coming on through and we're just carrying that weight now, you know, like states. We take as soon as we take, you know, our Steezy's mindset. Forget all the other noise out there. People talk all kinds of shit. If the people don't talk shit, that means you ain't doing something right. So as we start putting this together, as we're moving forward, we take over the United States. And again, I'm not saying take over. I'm taking over a portion of that map. There's room for a lot of other people. I'm taking over this, what I'm good at. What I know how to do is produce, package, sell, market, lifestyle, brand, you know, do whatever I got to do within my terms. I own a piece of this box. Everybody else can own the rest of 98%. All I want is that 2%. And, you know, that's our mindset. And everybody's mindset is just keep grinding, keep building expansion. We're in Michigan. We're in Arizona. We're in Nevada. Man, all over. I mean, Cali, you know, we own Cali at this point. I'm just gonna, again, no disrespect to nobody. We own Cali. Um, we're, pretty, we're creeping up with flower sales. When I first joined Steezy, Steezy was at 75 when it came to flower. We're at number two, probably at the end of this quarter, first quarter will be number one flower sales. It's just, we're just nonstop, bro. Like, I'm working. I'm working. I'll sleep when I'm six. I wake. I sleep four hours. I'm good. 
That's all I need. I was up today. I'm told, I told you. Yeah. We, we went home. We got home at 12. You got home at 12. Shit. I was up at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. I was at the gym <laughs> doing my Stairmaster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the general up early getting them steps in. Got to, bro. Yeah. Got I to. love it, man. I love, the, I love the mindset. I love the drive, the grit, the passion, the fire. You know, like it, it makes me want to get up and go fucking compete in some shit right now. To Let's be honest go, with you, bro. just talking with you. Let's go. You get me hyped and shit, you know, like make me feel like I can run through a wall or some shit, you know, like, and that's so crucial for it, being a, a general, a team leader, like so crucial. And that I know you'll do it. Like if you said something like I, you know, just by meeting you and knowing your personality and, and seeing the type of guy you are, it's like. I don't, you know, take you for any one of a bullshitter. So it's like, if you show up as a team leader and you're saying to do it, it's like knowing you'll do it. That's like the final part of like having a good team being like, sure. yep, we're going to do this shit. We got this. We all got our position. Stay on point. Stay on the mission. Here's my biggest issue. And we're going to trip. Yo, yeah. For real. There will be falls. You got to get right the fuck back up. Well, when you got... A bunch of good people around you. How easy is that? It's just super easy. Yes, sir. It's like you never even fell. Yes, sir. And that's crucial. And very crucial. Is being able to pick up the soldier. No soldier left behind. That's the mindset. No brother left behind. No homie left behind. That's just bro, this in any way, like in any group, you look at a street gangster, no homie left behind. You look at any growth, any kids, any friendship, more, any more family. Rare, it's becoming rare because we just forget Shit's the rules. Down. We forgot rules because we don't teach our kids the rules. And I think Let them slide. principles, bro. You live by principles. You die by principles. You got you to gotta hold that shit dear to your heart. That's when you know you're a man, bro. Like all these guys, like we talk to a lot of billionaires now. Like everybody's around like trying to, you know, that you, back then, like you look at them, you're like... They're flexing on you. They are flexing on you. Now, like, they're looking at you like, hey, you know, you know he's, he's a good dude. He's a good operator. He's a good man. They're looking at you like a man, as, you fuck, as they fucking should look at you like a man. Yeah, We're all that. men here, bro. Let's all be real. We all good at what we do, but, you know, but that, you got to earn that position because they've earned their position. Psh, they've done great. And those guys are smart as fucking fuck, bro. Like, I just know what I'm good at, what I know how to do. And, you know, and everything that I've ever done has always been about my word. It's always about what, when I said, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. And I've stayed within my means. I've stayed, I've played within my capabilities and I've never overstepped. I've never not be loyal to my team, to my leader. If I had a leader at the time, because being the best leader is being the best follower. Got to know your difference. You got to know, like, you got to know when to follow. You got to know when to lead. You got to know when to trust. And that's something that you always got to differentiate and you just got to understand with where you're at. And with talking to these guys, like you see, like they're looking at you like, yeah, I got respect for you, man. Like, you know, I'm invest, like I want to invest in you. Like, and now it's like the other conversation, like, but there's also bad money to that. Not every money is good money. You saw a lot of brothers out there made bad deals with a lot of people. And what happens with those? Those sharks don't just give you free money. There's no free money out there. Just know your worth, know yourself, trust your gut. That's what I recommend to people. Trust your gut. If you're good, if you're happy with yourself, you're going to be successful. You're going to be in a happy place. 
Straight up, man. My man Sean from Stizzy. And closing out, any any shout outs? Anybody you wanna any upcoming collabs or uh, man, we, we bro, there's so lot. many good people out there, bro. Like, I just don't even know where to start from, bro. I don't want to like, have you missing a few and then get yeah, some calls Yeah, you know, later. get some calls. And I'm going to get some calls, <laughs> but I just want to give my love out to everybody, bro. Like, one thing I got to do, say my partner, Shavo, bro, like that guy's a genius. He's an artist. He's only one of the few people that I've ever worked with that has been, that's really hasn't been part of the cannabis internal but it's been outside of and advocating for it. I think he's one of the guys and another brother that I got to give my respect to. Rest in peace is Nipsey. Something we did with, you know, I was part of that marathon ride. I was part of that marathon journey. That OG that I, that was grown, was grown by me that created the marathon OG. So to Black Sam and his family, Nipsey, bro, rest in peace. Like there's, other than that, like Be Real, like Kenji, there's a lot of homies out there, bro. Like I'd love to give love to JBZ, you know, Pat, Brandon, Ivan, like there's homies of them, bro. There's Armin, loads like of you got loads Army of them, there. bro. Like Art from Sunlight, you know, uh, Hawthorne. Like there's a, there's a groups of people, bro. Like I can't even just withstand like the Cure Company team, the Steezy team, Originals team. Like there's just, but my home is Steezy, you know, and today like, I do want to give a shout out to Steezy team, bro. Stay Steezy out there, team. The triple I's, baby. Innovate, influence, inspire. Innovate, influence, inspire, man. I love it. You left your marker today, Sean. We appreciate you, man. For real. This shit's been real. We're going to close it out. Episode 82 with Sean from Steezy. Inspiring. Let's go. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the DiamondMine.LA, California source for boutique genetics, powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the DiamondMine.LA and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you can rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la powered by Blackleaf.